Hey, Renee, Chris, and Ryan going live. Best podcast, Beauty and the Beast. Sit back and catch a vibe. Oh, yeah, we talking zombies and apocalypses and all those things you like. Going beast mode, and if you didn't know, it's Peter Z up on the mic. Hey, TWD family, grab the snacks about the pantry. And subscribe and like them if you can, please. Or those walkers eat you like some candy. Hey, hey, <laughs> okay. You at the right place at the right time. No one does it better. That's the bottom line. Beauty and the Beast. This is prime time. Let's go. Uh, I got you. <laughs> we'll save that for that portion of the show. What's up? What's going on, everybody? We are back. Um, we're back. After um, the finale. Yeah. We're here. We have Dustin Baker with us, Mr. Constable himself. Um, Dustin, for those of you who might not know who Dustin is, uh, Dustin provides us a safe and secure environment at the camp event uh, himself and his whole whole team that he has down there. Mr. Head of Security. Yeah, he is, uh, he is the man. He is. So Dustin wanted to hang out with us tonight and Talk with us. He's been a, a fan of the show forever, a huge supporter of the camp event, a huge supporter of us, a huge supporter of everybody. Um, and just a great personal friend. Yeah, absolutely. And uh, so he's here hanging out with us tonight. He's going to give us his uh, thoughts about the finale. Um, so, yeah, guys, we're literally going to just take our time with this one and, and close it out. Uh, in the best way we can. We're going to give it the sweet TLC that it deserves. We're going to give it a nice little rub-a-dub-dub and smack behind the head. Oh, yeah. Not where I thought that one was going. <laughs> well, um, so YouTube is popping right now. Yeah. What is going on, everybody out there in YouTube we got world? Tiffy. We got Tiffy. Anthony. Anthony Mitchell. Yep. Hi. Becky. Oh, Becky's there? Yep. What up, Becky? Wow, we got a lot of people. Yeah, we Lisa, we, yeah. Eric. Holy shit, guys. Yeah. <laughs> Megan and I got to meet Mitchell this weekend. Yeah. I'm actually yes. very jealous of that. Yes, let's so you guys were at <laughs> you guys were at the viewing party. <laughs> right? I gotta show you my my major award. Oh my just bought me the autographed sexton bottle. Holy crap. Very that nice. is so cool. Yes, yeah. There you go. There you go. Yeah. So and, sweet. and Meg got a piece of the windmill. Yes. Yeah. It is massive. Um, I've got it's in my it's still in my studio. It looks very dense. Um, honestly, I cannot tell you how many DMs I've gotten, and people are saying that's the biggest piece I've ever seen yeah. anybody have. Yeah. This thing's literally at least a foot long, and I think it's like six inches tall. It's it's massive. Yeah. That's um, and you guys, you know, between Josh, Renee, and and you, Meg, you guys um, did did your part in you know, for for Birth Bay Adventure with the, the benefit to charity for those kids and everything. So we appreciate that. All said and done, over ten thousand dollars was raised. That's fantastic. Holy it's shit! Like, just unbelievable. And we got wow. to meet three of the kids that came up on stage with us. Yes. And got to do the. We had them do the drawings for the raffle, so that was so cool to have them up there. And um, we did interviews and panels with people, and that was. I mean, we did the Bad Boys panel, and that was awesome. We had Adam Maranovich who played Ed. Mm -hmm. We had. Uh, Keith Brooks, who played Dan the Claimer, 
and we had uh, William Bell, who is the savior, savior slash uh, hilltop. I guess I'm not sure what his other title was, but yeah. But it was just so cool, like seeing like you know in the show they're all these big, you know literally the, the bad boys of The Walking Dead, and they are like some of the most proper gentlemen mm-hmm. I've ever met. And I'm just like <laughs> Keith Brooks, who played you know the guy who tried to rape Carl. He oh, yeah. was the most polite man you've ever oh, seen. I was like, look at this guy. It's so hilarious. And so it was just so neat to meet him and talk with him. And yeah, I was cracking up. It was like mid-interview. I'm asking, I think it was, I forget who's who I was asking the question. I think it was Keith. All of a sudden he's like, wait a minute. Do you have a stitch tattoo? Like literally just <laughs> the entire interview. And I, was, and I just lost my entire train of thought. Like, oh, yeah. So I, after the interview, I went to his table and I was like, here. and he was just like loving it that's, that's amazing awesome. i always love when you have like these these guys these characters who you either hate them or like you just want to like strangle them you know what i mean like they're either the bad guys or they're, they're like the weasels you know what i mean but yeah. like the actors are and the actresses are just like the nicest human beings possible and you know like at the camp in october we you know i had my moment with with teo right and you know sebastian mm-hmm. sebastian you know what i mean and you know it's funny because you guys obviously were there and so we're talking about him and i said you know some people would even call sebastian like you know i don't know a weasel and he's like all right well hold on all right you know you couldn't use less you know robust words than that and i was like fair enough but you know it was just so cool to see people like that and like see them for the people they are you know what i mean and like the the, the amount of acting range they have is very cool you know to see that yeah so i'm going go go ahead go no go ahead go ahead I just want to give a quick shout out to Anthony and Nicole for organizing mm-hmm. an amazing event. And we actually got like a little gift, like a little gift bag. And in the card, I'm not going to say what was written because it was just the nicest note I've ever received. And it was just, it was just so sweet. It just made the whole night even better. I've never had something like that before. And it was so sweet. So thank you guys. Yeah. Aww. I mean, Nicole and, and Anthony have been like, I mean, two of our biggest supporters for the longest time. Yeah. I, I mean, it was, it was very cool. Cause at the camp, I was obviously Anthony was at will call and I was, I would always just talk to him as I'm passing by and just mm-hmm. like saying, Hey buddy, what's up, what's going on. And he told me about, I don't know what they're called in the professional world, but like the, the inserts he put over the mic and it's like the square things. And like, oh yeah. And he's like, I order them for you guys and they're going to be there and we order the stickers and we're going to, you know, Nicole's going to put them together and Nicole comes up. She goes, I'm going to do what now? <laughs> he was like, we talked about this. It was just so funny. But seeing them give and us that support is so cool. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I do. And we to, yeah. And then we got to interview Carrie again, which is always a treat. Oh, um, God. Mitchell was sharing uh, in the chat that Carrie was the first celebrity he got to meet and she just hugged him. And then he got to play Survive the Night with her and they scared each other. <laughs> <laughs> Very nice. Wait, I, it was the first one yeah. dead per, like, actor ever he got to meet? I think so. Oh. And yeah, Carrie's like a. Place. Carrie's a perfect one to meet. Yeah. Carrie was the first Walking Dead actor you met. Yeah, he's that's what he said. Yeah, like for, yeah, for first like actress yeah. actor. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. So. And what a great one to meet. Yeah. yeah. But the I had never been to a viewing party like that before. There were probably two hundred people or more. I mean, it was packed, and it was so much fun. And you know, the reactions are great when you know you're. You know, you're kind of kind of timid to do this, and everybody else starts yelling, you go, okay, go. and then you know, have free ready to react. So I want to react and everything, yeah. and yeah, it was it was just a blast. So we just appreciate uh, Anthony Campbell and everybody put that event on and allowing us to come and be a little part of that. And oh yeah, and Nicole saying 275 people. So, that's yeah. I mean, that's absolutely insane. 
Yeah, yeah. So it was, yeah, it was quite the party. I, 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 know, I know. Chris and I both had some serious, you know, FOMO. Like we, I mean, I, I was at work and I, and I was just checking on Facebook and Instagram, and you know, I was like, oh god, I, I, I mean, you guys saw me. I was looking at flights. I'm like, but I can't justify spending eight hundred dollars for like an eighteen hour turnaround. I can't do it. You know what I mean? Yeah, um, I can honestly say you guys were so messed, and we thought about you constantly all night. Well, I appreciate Wait, that. You were, you were there in spirit when yes. traveling Pookie. Traveling Pookie. That, that's a good point. With Carrie. <laughs> I know. I saw that. Did you see my comment with Carrie where I was like, I was like, I love you guys. I'll be there in spirit. And she goes, and in doll form. And I was like, yeah, you're not there wrong. He there he is. God. So traveling Pookie. <laughs> He's been around for quite some time. I mean, God. <gasps> oh, no. Picture. I think oh, we need man. to make one of all of us. That's okay. Can't make a, an event. We can bring the traveling version. <laughs> I'm glad that you have you have to get a new picture because I actually have like beard now. Yeah, yeah. not baby we face anymore. So anyway. you know, we got we actually have like a nice little beard gang here tonight. You know, yeah, we look do. at this wonderful beard on this man. I've been talking about seeing my stroke. Yeah. It, you know what I mean? His beard. His beard. You perverts. Whoa, Ryan. <laughs> Dustin, don't stay quiet now, brother. <laughs> and Nicole said in the um, in the chat that she was doing that your eight hundred dollars for your plane ticket would be better served as a text to give. <laughs> she called you out, bro. She did. She did. I didn't think about that. Yeah, and uh, Anthony did. He was actually nice enough. He got us a bottle of the Sexton whiskey. So we just have to arrange the shipping. And uh, thank you, brother. Appreciate that. Hands on that bad boy. Thank you. Um, at least you get it. All right, so let's um, let's dive in, shall we? Let's let's get into this. Okay. Um, the show starts the ending of where it actually began. So inside a hospital, uh, we have Daryl rushing in. He's obviously carrying Judith. Um, a lot right off the bat, you have a lot of callbacks. You know, you you have Judith on the on, on the bed, looking falling out of the bed, falling out of the bed, looking yep. back, similar to how when Rick woke up, um, with like this kind of weird like tunnel vision, like distorted yeah. vision going on, very similar. Yeah. Um, and the walkers, you know, finally seeing it, like the department store walker in season one, mm -hmm. banging on the glass yes. with the rock. And then you had this happen again in, in the scene later on. Yep. Um, you know, it, it, a lot of it sent like chills, you know, because it's like it brings you back to day one. And like I pointed out, you know, Daryl pushing the stretcher in front of the hospital door. And, he, you know, I'll, he's like, I'll be back, dude. You know, and, and just seeing that, obviously, Shane and Rick, I mean, you know, Rick's unconscious in the bed. Shane pushes the stretcher against the door and he goes running out. You know what I mean? Same thing. You know, very mm -hmm. similar. Again, hospital setting, same thing. You yeah. know, uh, Pi um, says, anyway, see the Commonwealth Guards, self-proclaimed good guys, just run past a wounded child." Yeah, I mean, they were stealing medical supplies for Pamela. Right. And mm -hmm. I mean, that's you, you literally see the cooler, and you see the, like the big red, you know, medical, you know, EMS symbol on it, and they're running out the door. They obviously were stealing the meds, and and probably right. I mean, they're self-proclaimed good guys, but I mean, <laughs> the fuck everybody else, right? All for the Commonwealth. Yep. You know. For Pamela, not even the well, yeah, for Pamela, yeah, <laughs> yeah. She she sells it for the better the betterment of the Commonwealth, but it's really for the betterment of her. <laughs> yeah. Well, at this point, though, I don't think that's what she was even. Yeah. I mean, True. she was yeah. she was 
you know, send the walkers to the, yeah. the back part of town and keep them away from the estate. Yeah. You know? yeah. yeah. Um, so from there, we cut to the alleyway where everybody else is kind of stranded at, the, at this point. Uh, we lose Luke. We lose Jules. We kind of, I kind of, well, yeah, I mean, he got bit. I, they kind of gave that away. I felt like I, there was a photo. Yeah. There was a photo of him. Yeah. Retracted the picture. Right. So he totally gave that away. Yeah. I mean, we kind of knew he was going. So, um, and, and Jules obviously being caught up in that whole melee, you know, um, I, I guess I can actually say like, nobody nobody died that i really thought like i didn't think anybody of the main characters were going to die i never really like mm -hmm. i was rosita we've been throwing around for a while now but i did yeah I, I just like i was hoping i'm not you know i was hoping for a lot more death i really was but mm -hmm. they set they set it up to where everyone's alive to now expand on this world um but uh you know losing you know and and <laughs> i told ryan this in the pre-show like when they're at the it's at the end of the episode and they're all sitting around having dinner and they do a toast they only toast luke <laughs> i'm like <laughs> and <laughs> we don't want to toast jules just toast to luke to luke i was like wow Mac across the face <laughs> Fuck you jules she really do her though because she lived at oceanside then he met her went away from her it's his girl so, well, I know, but they don't even know that they haven't seen Luke for since season ten. That's true. Probably didn't have much time to say anything. Yeah, I don't think uh, yeah, they, there's I, not much that they knew about her, and yeah. they just come running into this pattern in the middle. <laughs> you know, I I didn't think a thing of it. I don't know. I kind of saw it as like a smack across the face for Jules. <laughs> See, I kind of knew. I had a feeling Rosita wasn't going to make it because i mean not based like not based on the trailer where we saw her fall mm -hmm. but if you go all the way back i actually have to read off my notes here all the way back to episode uh, five of this season when judith is crying over the wood that got broken with like her and carl's handprints um rosita comes to talk to her and mentions about like how rosita's mom kind of set her up when she was younger to survive on her own and it was one of the few times she really like dug back into her past and let us see into who how she is the way yeah. she is and just something clicked in my head is like oh she's giving insight a lot of times when characters give insights and they have a moment to shine they don't always make it so just something clicked in my head like i don't think she's gonna make it to the end yeah mm -hmm. and i mean you know what like kira i know you said like uh i'm not here i'm sorry who said it um jaws you said that you know rosita should have lived but the thing is that, as everybody's saying, uh, Christian Serratos wanted yeah. uh, mm -hmm. her to die because she felt that she needed that closure for her character and for herself. Yeah. Um, and, and what better way to go out than go out on this on the series finale of a show that's run for the past twelve years? I mean, that, that's probably got to be one of the most memorable deaths just because of the of the gravity of the episode alone. Mm -hmm. You know, um, and I, I think, think so that was, oh, no, no, you're gonna make. I just think it was. I just think it was a great way to go out. Honestly, probably the best way to go out. She did say she was mad though. She got robbed of the um, of like the death dinner. Oh yeah, <laughs> it was the end for everybody. Yeah, yeah. that's yeah. not fair. <laughs> right. Uh, th this whole thing with with Luke too in the, in the hospital, I thought it was a pretty significant like uh, gesture for him to like point into his pocket for them to retrieve the harmonica. Yeah, you know, it, music is it, 
he was a teacher or, or a professor or whatever it was a part of his life so like you know let the music will always kind of play on kind of thing for him um i thought that was pretty significant for his his mm-hmm. character's death um and why like out of all the people they take the knife like i'm like how do you get who who how do you get picked for that like Magnus is kind of like everyone's bowling and they're just kind of like, here, you do it. <laughs> She's like, thanks. Bowling, <laughs> crying. She's like, okay, I'll do it. She's the one with the least emotions in that group. Yeah. I, mean, I guess. She, you know what I mean? Like she, yeah, she's kind of a hard ass, I think. Yeah. You know, where she, yeah. you know, she's been in prison. She's been in, you know, whatever and that kind of stuff. So I think she, they just feel like she, she's that person, I guess. Yeah. Like yeah, we would it to Chris, you know? Thanks. Let's be real. I mean, I'm saying I'm going to hand it to Dustin. Here you do it. I was just feeling relieved that if I ever got bit, you were going to be the one to stab me. So, uh, all right. At least we know. Yeah, yeah. I, I'll say right now, if any of you guys got bit, I wouldn't be able to do it. I know that's not. I know you're going to let me turn. I no, you're going to let me turn. I I I couldn't do it. I I couldn't. You're going to let me turn, but I couldn't bring myself to stab my friend in the head. So just let me turn. I would tie you up to like the radiator wow. or something like that. And... Oh my god, that's a callback to the Walking Dead game. Wow. Oh, you're not. You're right. Wow. Spoiler. Put me in a wheelchair like Weekend at Bernie's. I always tell my husband if I turn into a zombie, he better keep me for a. I want him to chain me up or something and just just feed me some something once in a while. The mm-hmm. Nicole's a savage. She goes, I would. I'd put you out of your misery. <laughs> Nicole goes, I I could. I would put you out of your misery. Yeah. Savage. Um, yes, Josh would pull my hair brush my hair because he knows how important my hair is. There you go. See, Pod gets me. You'd be you'd be like Penny in the closet. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, I need to go <laughs> See, Pod would me. Pod goes, we cannot stab Chris. We would just keep his animated corpse in the shed. I'm saying. I'm saying. Um, is Pi Herschel now? Like, uh, yeah, yeah, I guess so. Yeah. <laughs> hmm. better? Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> give him some. Give, give him some cough syrup, 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 <laughs> cough syrup. Um, so while while that whole commotion is going on over Luke, Carolyn, Daryl are just watching and observing and having her own sidebar. But we learn a little something about Daryl's like background again as growing up when you know he says that. Judith needs blood. So <laughs> Carol's kind of like, you know, you gotta, how do you know, like, you're not, you're not a, you're not a, what'd she say? You're not a, you're not a match. You're not a match. Yeah, you're not a match, whatever. And he said, I'm a universal donor. Yeah. I, M- Merle used to make me sell my blood to make money when I was a kid. And I'm like, God damn, man. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it was really cool to learn. But also in a, in a post apocalyptic world where this group, the senior people of this group have been together for what fifteen years in the reality of the, uni- the universe of the Walking Dead. At this point, you're just finding this out now. <laughs> you know how many times I could have used your blood, damn it. You know what I mean? Like that's what I've been like. Especially Carol, you're just saying this now. Yeah. <laughs> what? Yeah, I, I <laughs> yeah. I just feel sorry for Michael Rooker who played Merle for all these things that come up after he's gone. Mm-hmm. And he did this and did that. And I'm like. Oh, God. He can't yeah. defend himself. <laughs> yeah. I mean, and actually, Daryl, oh, sorry, go ahead. No, no, go, go. I was like, Daryl giving blood to Judith was actually another callback mm-hmm. to when Rick gave blood to Carl. Yeah, that's right. He was shot. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Was that when he got shot with the really shitty fake CGI deer? 
No, the first no. time in yeah. um, season we, two. The first deer wasn't that. This is back in season two. That deer wasn't bad. Which one was the bad I mean, one? With Rick and Michonne, at the, that was the bad one. Oh, yeah, yeah that's right. Yeah, yeah, that's right. Yeah, I got, the, I got my deer mixed up. Excuse me. Yeah. <laughs> oh, dear. Oh, dear. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's been 12 years. Excuse me. You know? Yeah. The mind's not the same it used to be. Um, the other comic book thing that, that happened too, cause they cut to what's going on with Mercer and him being in, you know, incarcerated in mm -hmm. jail. Um, and we have his jailbreak happen by princess, uh, in the comic book that's actually done by his sister. So that was like a really, that's actually done by Max in the comic. Um, but I thought that was like just a really cool comic sequence to see happen. You know, it was, yeah. it was, it was nice to see that, uh, some of the stuff, you know, like I was saying in the pre-show with everybody, I feel like some of it was rushed, um, you know, so that they could tie up loose ends and get storylines closed and everything. Um, but yeah, I mean, it's um, it was fitting, you know, for that for for obviously Princess to to rescue him and get him out. Um, in we uh, the whole. Negan and Maggie conversations throughout this whole episode were great. I thought mm -hmm. um, all their dialogue, you know, Negan constantly trying to get her to basically become a team player, you know, with him at least mm -hmm. um, is just, uh, you know, you can, he, he wears the pain of his past really well as an actor, like, like in this show, mm -hmm. you know, he, he really, it's it's kudos to him because he really knows how to express that pain, you know, without never doing that in real life, you know, like he obviously, you know, but as his character and what he's done in his past, during their conversations that they have throughout this whole episode, you can, he really knows how to like reflect that, you know, mm -hmm. and that, that was very impressive for me. I mean, yeah. to, to, to like, and I mean, obviously he's a great actor. We've always known that, but certain things are really hard to do. You know, uh, and, you know, expression-wise and, and, and mannerisms and facial expressions and everything like that. So I was really impressed with that with him. because mm -hmm. um, yeah, he looks—he looks like a man who's just beat down. Oh yeah. And, and he's just carrying the weight of the world. You know, this is just weighing on him. And you know, he's come to that point. Like, like he said, when I was on my knees. I mean, that you know was you know when he was sitting there and it was his wife and baby on the line you know, it, it flipped in his brain that it, finally that impacted him personally, mm -hmm. not just seeing Maggie hurt, seeing Herschel, you know, and be in pain for that, but to actually, you know, experience it himself. That's when it finally clicked for him. Yeah. And yeah, that was, yeah. Yeah. Uh, you know, speaking of uh, babies, we, uh, cause you mentioned, you just said something about babies. Yeah. Speaking of babies, we have, uh, you called her. What did you call Rosita? Um, something, Mama. The Mama Bear. Mama Bear. Yeah, yeah, Mama Bear. Yeah. Mama Bear mode. She went. She they went. Don't mess, do not mess with someone's children. I always tell everybody that. There's like three people in my life, but I don't hate anybody. But there are three people, one of each, who have hurt all three of my children. And that first, you know, you it just those instincts just come out. You know, like when you hear about the dad lifting the car because mm -hmm. the kids under it. You know, mm -hmm. same thing happens with mamas. <laughs> Can I send you a list of people that have hurt me? <laughs> send them. I need you to go mama bear mode on. <laughs> yeah. Send them, send them to Dustin, too. <laughs> Between everybody He's got ways. in this stream, 
I know I got you guys got my back. Yeah, my absolutely. Purse. I may be short, but I got, I need a step stool, but I got your back. I always know at the camp that Dustin's my mama bear, you know. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, I mean, so actually, Dustin, this is a good question for you. Gunplay wise, the gun action you saw with Rosita when she enters the room, the first, if you guys didn't you know, catch it quick enough, but the first walker that she comes in contact with in that room as she goes in to get Coco is a variant. It literally grabs her arm and pulls her. Um, but I mean, from, from like your professional background, gunplay wise, like what is it? How, What's it been for you for the show? Like, is it pretty spot on from what you see? True story, and I hate to admit this. I almost quit watching The Walking Dead the first episode. Really? Because at the very beginning, uh, when they're having the car chase soon, you, you have Rick tell the other deputy that he needs to take his safety off, make sure there's one in the chamber and take his safety off. And he's clearly holding a Glock, and a Glock doesn't have a safety. Head. And I was like, <laughs> Done. now let's flash forward. Um, it's been it's been pretty accurate. I, I saw some really janky things like mag lights on the end of guns for suppressors. I saw some red dots that were backwards and things like that. But, you know, for the most part, it, it, it's pretty streamlined. Like even going back to Rosita, you know, once you get into the apocalypse and you're trying to save everyone around you and not just protect yourself her initial instinct is not to fire the gun mm -hmm. to take the walker out the other way so she goes right to what she's trained to do and what she knows but then in that rush does her gun play and then even you know double taps the zombie that's on the floor yeah to make sure that's the closest one of my child it's dead now i'm going to make sure it's dead but um you know I, like i said i think it's been great but again there's been some janky things like even with uh even when Daryl ran out one time in uh, the, the episode where they were, oh, were coming back to save uh, Ezekiel and everything, everybody's running out with a standard AK, and Daryl comes out with this fully custom rifle, and I'm like, <laughs> we make We make fun of that all the time. All the time. It's like the Call of Duty tactical, like shooter warfare. Yeah. <laughs> no camo edition. Do a close-up to it. Like, you know, here's yeah. you know, something, but... Uh, I liked it. I liked it better back in the beginning. It was more, you know, you see Team Gemini is the knife that Daryl uses, and they, you know, you saw the Gerber things and you know guns and stuff. But it's so it's evolved. But you know, I'm still more of the. Uh, I'm glad I kept watching. We'll leave it at that. <laughs> yeah. Um. Yeah. No. I, and I'm I'm happy you said that just because you know a lot of you know a lot of people who don't have that knowledge don't you know don't have that kind of. I guess, uh, firsthand experience with watching tactical stuff or anything, you know, tactical wise, you know, being able to pinpoint what's accurate and what's not. So, um, nice to have a, a weapons guy here to, to help us out with that. Um, but that's not all he does. Just saying he's, he's pretty proficient. He's got, he's got his stuff and things. <laughs> um, we have other toys. Yeah. <laughs> Um, the next like callback that happens after all that is basically the breach on the hospital yep. with the, the walkers and everything. Um, and Daryl securing Judith in the room, AKA how Shane did it for Rick. Rick yeah. Um, it, you know, then, then you have the, the, 
the rock in the walker's hand and he smashed him on a glass. You know, we talked about that earlier, but um, just like this whole, this whole scenario, this whole scene really like just rushed me back to season one, you know, with, with downtown Atlanta and everything with the walkers everywhere and no place to go, you know, Rick on a horse trapped in a tank. Like it was just hordes of walkers everywhere. Um, And, you know, it really flooded me with like a lot of those, a lot of those memories um you know trying to escape the department store you know and all, all that stuff um and in this case they're trying to get out of the hospital um and you know go ahead so i like that they they immediately there at the beginning get you back to being afraid of zombies mm-hmm. there for a while yep you know you were but you weren't but they were there but not there so i really like that they integrated that and it's just you know, kind of taking us back to, you know, what you just said back in the beginning. Yeah, there's been a lot of, like, WTF moments for the characters. You know, yeah. like, seeing, you know, Negan had a, a you know, WTF moment. And, you know, I think it was last episode where he saw the walker, I think it was climbing or something, and he was like, what the fuck? <laughs> so, like, a lot of them have had these moments, like, because, you know, they haven't seen it yet. So when it's when it's happened, it's like great to see that expression of what's going on. I love Rosita on the radio. We're fucked. <laughs> yeah. 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 We're totally fucked. <laughs> yeah. Um, and I mean, I know that you're probably trying to conserve ammo. Uh, so you come out of the back of the ambulance and you're and you're stabbing everything that's close. You know, call me wasteful, but I just would have <laughs> call me wasteful, but I just would have <laughs> Spray, spray. If I had, if I had thirty, in, <laughs> if I had thirty in the magazine or sixty in the magazine, that's thirty or that's thirty or sixty of them dead. Um, there, there's no tactical application for that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There's no playbook for that. That's that's, that's fight and flight right yeah. there. Um, I, I mean, we waste we waste bullets on single zombies yeah. the, the entire season, and now we're conserving ammo. Yeah. Now, that's my biggest complaint. One of my biggest complaints the whole season. Was that we acted like there's infinite ammo laying around, mm-hmm. and we're just gonna oh we we could stab this one zombie, but why stab him when we could just make his head explode? Right. And now now we're stabbing. So what? there's two things that with this whole scene that plays out with um, Gabriel, Eugene, and Rosita, they all have kids strapped to their bodies. Um, you know they're they're fighting these hordes of this horde of walkers, and and I know you had something that really bothered you and Meg, I know you spotted something that got um that didn't get taken out in editing. Um so the I'll let and me found it all. Yes. <laughs> so I'll let right I mean and this is kind of like a huge grind my guts moment. We all have something about this scene in general that really bothered us. But I'll let Ryan go first. You know, it's it's shit like this that makes me wish that I could play the scene for you guys and show you frame by frame what I, what I'm seeing here. Um but if you go back and watch that scene, Rosita's the last one to climb up on the ambulance. Only, only one because of the, they made it up the pipe. But she's climbing up the ambulance, and right behind her are two variants who are now pulling themselves on top of the ambulance via the front of the of, of the ambulance. Okay, so they are at the point where the light bar is on the ambulance. So they're they're about a third, if not more, of the way on the ambulance. Now the now the scene pans away. 
scene goes back to her jumping across, and now you see like this, like you know, this ground view up of her jumping across dramatically to grab the pipe. The next scene you see is level with the ambulance, yeah. and the variant walker is nowhere to be found. Yeah, the variant walkers are gone. Like she just Harry Potter them away. <laughs> yeah, I mean, so there's there's been some choppiness, you know, obviously with their editing, trying to get the season done and everything. We know Angela King spoke a lot about trying to get all the episodes in, COVID playing such a huge factor and everything like that. Um, and then them actually being able to like ramp up again and get everything going. So there's been some miscues. Meg, you picked up on, on a miscue in the same scene. Sadly so. Um, it's kind of a, it's, I mean, it's like a blinking, you miss a thing. When Rosita falls back um, into like, into the horde, um, you can still see the safety mat that she falls on. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so, you can. <laughs> she... not, I mean, you can kind of disregard it into just like, a, you know, the dark, sh- like the shadow yeah. of the street. No, you can see it. You can, you see, can it. see it. Yeah, you can see it. Um, so I'm going to take it from a standpoint as this. So look, I weigh 230 pounds. Okay. I am not a, I'm not a light person by any means. Um, with a 20 to 30 pound child on me strapped to my body, plus my gear and everything else I'm carrying a gun or a rifle, whatever else that they have. Club on, thing she has. Yeah. The club, the satchel, everything else, you, you know, you're, you're adding, I'm going to say anywhere from 25 to 45 pounds on your mm-hmm. body. The amount of strength it takes to grab a round cylinder-like pole that's bolted very closely to a building and then hoist yourself up that, okay, (laughs) is, look, it's not impossible, but it is not an easy feat, especially when you are Eugene. (laughs) And I'm sorry, Gabe. Uh, You know, I'm sorry, Seth, but, you know... uh, I just don't see it happening. And even with Rosita's background in the military and everything else, I just very, very hard to believe, especially when you have children strapped to you, you know, the two guys have them on their backs. Fine. But Rosita literally has Coco on her stomach, on her chest area. So when she jumps and has to grab that pole, plant her feet, and not smash her body into the building. And her kid. Well, that's what, yeah, yeah that's yeah. what I mean. Like, yeah. um, adrenaline, okay, I, look. I, <laughs> Lifting the car. I, there's, there's, I, I would have to argue the adrenaline thing, saying that your adrenaline dump doesn't last this long. You know, you can have you can have an adrenaline dump for a solid minute, I'd say, a really good burst of like solid adrenaline rush. And then after that, you're completely exhausted because your body just dumped everything it had into 60 seconds of fight or flight. And then you're shot. Um, I just wish that they would just make things more realistic sometimes. That's all. That's all I'm asking. And I mean, I don't have to ask anymore because it's over, but suspense sure you know the the thrill of de- defeating death sure 
the actual feet of pulling this off? Absolutely not. So that's not not in this case, not in this scenario. And I mean, obviously, I'm going into my own roots as far as you know, survival instincts and everything like that. Uh, just, I just don't see them, any of them surviving at all in this scenario, but they did kind of, well, yeah, <laughs> two out of three, ain't bad. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. I, I, I thought that one of the kids was Jerry and Nabila's kid. One of the babies. They had a baby that little. I yeah. Thought I, thought, little I thought they had, I thought they had a baby. They saved, yeah, Pi said this. I thought there was a scene early yeah, in the season where Nabila had a baby. Yeah, so one of the baby. Yeah, I guess now that I think back, that like during the what do you yeah. call it, the Halloween thing. Yeah, so I think she was holding a baby. So yeah, because there were three total, right? Yeah, like, three, three in total. So somebody had just asked who the other kids were. So obviously one of them was Jerry's then, um, and then the, I think the other one was just probably one of the exiles that they took. Like they, I mean, that's where they got those babies. And yeah. Took them from them. When Jerry asked where Nabila was, oh my heart! You know, I was like, no, no, <laughs> you know, I was, I was, I got emotional because, especially knowing like Cooper and Nadine, I was like, oh my god, like this is how that's just how Cooper would have felt about Nadine. Like they'd been like, where's Nadine, you know? Mm -hmm. And I was like, damn, yeah. like I felt it, I felt it translate very well. And actually, uh, Mitchell brought up a really good point in the chat. It's talking about the commercials. Oh yeah, the Dead Taylor commercials. Oh my god, I did see a phenomenal. Perfect. Yes. And yeah. B, they finally confirmed Andrea's last name. Yeah. Because it would have all been speculation all these years if it was Harrison or not. And they finally confirmed it. So I was I was happy to know that. That's cool. Yeah. And I just want to shout out to Mitchell and say that I was right. That was Gareth. He had showed me a picture before the commercials aired. He goes, So that's that's and that. He goes, Melvin, Andrea, and Natalie. He goes, Who do you think that is? We're all trying to figure it out. You know, and I said, That's Gareth. And he's like, oh, that's who it is <laughs> yeah so yeah um uh, just trying to see what we got here in the comments if we got anything that popped up we still don't know where virgil is linda, linda wants to know where virgil is um probably want I jerry to moment. Play yeah. yeah should i hold off or? yeah well no no yeah wait 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 hold off on it until we get towards the end because obviously the ending we all know that the ending revealed two characters that we've been well, most of you have been just frantically waiting to see again. Uh, where like, I'll probably contain my roles. <laughs> where I realistically couldn't give a shit. But I mean, I love Michonne. She's been my favorite character from the very beginning. <laughs> Spoiler. But, you know, okay. yeah, I know. But like, you know, I just. It's really, for me, the steam with everything with, with that situation is just run out for me. I don't I, I'll wait and see what they do with the show, but I just don't have it in me right now to get the oomph up to really be hyped about it. Um, all right, chat looks good. Uh, oh, Nicole said, sad that Anthony Collins will never find out if Lori lived <laughs> because <laughs> Anthony has that has that whole um, running theory, running theory Lori about Lori being alive because they never saw yeah. her body, which we know bodies mean everything. Maybe she'll show up in the Rick and Michonne series. She'll I, punch Michonne in the face and be like, bitch, that's my husband. <laughs> I am happy, though. I will say that I am happy I called it that we saw Lance again. I knew we were going to see him again as a walker. Yep. I, I even yeah. said I even said something to him while we were at the camp. Yes. I said it on the panel. Yeah. Right? just made a face like i'm not saying anything yeah i just had a feeling by the look on his face he would be back yeah um and so the anger in his eyes yeah. oh my god <laughs> yeah very good and, and that 
when when with that and him are we that far yet or am i jumping again no we, no we're good go ahead i was just gonna say that was like pamela doing that was like carol's comic death mm, yes. she gave herself up to the walker you know so i thought yeah. oh, no i definitely yeah. I, I definitely think that had maggie not pulled the trigger she absolutely would have just gone through with it mm -hmm. I, I think she's that much of a coward that she would not have faced the music well, yeah, because being arrested and knowing that she lost everything is a worse death than her actually dying. Correct. Or worse punishment, I should say. And losing losing everything that she that she that exactly. she worked for, absolutely. See, I, I didn't I didn't look at it though as her being a coward. I, I kind of looked at it as her accepting responsibility and being that sacrifice of. I know that I did really bad. I'm sorry. I don't have to be a reminder to you all of what I did. Here's my symbolic apology. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I guess. I mean, I think that makes sense because I yeah. think that, um, you know, I think the interpretation can be taken, you know, anyway, honestly, I think because, you know, it could be that or, you know, she could have just wanted to take the easy way out instead of instead of owning up to the responsibility, the fact that she fucked up so royally, you know, so many times that she shot a kid. Even though, you know, she knew Judith was okay at that point, because at that point, Judith was like, you know, what she said, governor, you know, it's not yeah. too late, you know what I mean? Um, and I, but I, I, th I think it could be seen either way, honestly. Yeah. Uh, it's, it's the only time I liked her character, honestly, but, you know. <laughs> yeah. You yeah, know, she was pretty during, disturbing. During the scene when um, they were playing Cults of Personality, I was wondering why that song was chosen. So I did a little research. Oh, yeah, I, I know, because I know that song well, so I, it made perfect sense to it's me. A, you know, like, if I, I, I no, yeah. no, yeah, I love that song, but I was like, was like, why that specific song? And apparently Angela Kang wanted to use a different song, but it was so expensive, but they loved this song because of like, like Pamela and her cult of personality. Mm -hmm. And I was like, oh, mm -hmm. oh, yes. And then the record, cool. I mean, and then, you know, Princess doing the record because, you know, she worked yes. the record for before. That was her job. I mean, she did it in the Commonwealth too, but prior to that, she was, you know, yeah. that's what she did. So that, that, that was, was a nice callback yeah. too. Yeah. Yeah, I there's so many like I know there's Meg, you, you sent some to us today with so many callbacks that like you you know you would miss if you like really weren't paying attention. Um I've got a notebook full of them and Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> just, you know, every time every time I rewatch a scene, I'm like, Oh, does that mean that you know it's you can just keep watching and piecing it together. Yeah. I mean when that's so we obviously cut through where Tommy is working on Judith. Mm -hmm. Roth is having a conversation with um, uh, Lydia, mm -hmm. and you know they kind of partially show her stumpy arm being bandaged up or whatever. Um, she's fearing the loss of Jerry, uh, and um, Elijah. Right? I was like Jerry. Like, you mean Elijah? Yeah. So well, she mentions both. She mentions oh, yeah, Jerry. Yeah. What about Jerry? What about Elijah? Yeah. And. Um, you know, she thought she killed another one. <laughs> <laughs> She's ridden with guilt, thinking that yeah, another one. You stuck your bitch. Um. So you know, there's that whole that all that's going on. You know, because Pamela had pulled resources to the estates, so that way that so that's where Tommy is, and all the nurses and doctors and everybody. Which, by but, the way, I pointed out in the pre-show to you guys, but I saw a lot of parallels between that whole scene and the ending of Hunger Games. And so mm -hmm. Hunger Games is one of my favorite movie series of all time, and it reminded me a lot of the scene where the president, President Snow, 
has all the soldiers fall back to the presidential palace and he he starts to bring like the, the wealthy people back with him but then once he realizes that the resistance is getting so close he then keeps them out of the presidential palace and at some point they even start taking children and then you see like essentially like the president bombing pretending that it's a resistance and kind of similar to what Pamela was doing where she was setting up the hordes to come in and things like that I just saw a lot of parallels between that and I thought it was actually really cool because it's like such a pop culture movie franchise and seeing similarities on the show is cool yeah I need to go back and rewatch that now because it's been so yeah, long since I've seen it and I love Hunger Games yeah even if you just like look it up on YouTube it like you'll see it and you're like mm-hmm. holy shit you know what I mean yeah. even like the gates and everything it just and like the yeah. people reaching through the gates same feeling mm-hmm. You know, speaking of uh, speaking of Gates, um, with uh, oh god, who was it? Uh, oh god, Gabriel, his story yeah. progression. Sure. You know, when we first saw him, he started with locking his people out of the church, mm-hmm. and it's ending with him opening the gates to let the people in. I yeah. Thought it was a, an amazing way. To huge, end the story huge callback. Yeah. Huge yeah. callback okay. to him. Yeah. Um, to let him get that. I think I even tweeted like redemption for Father Gabriel, kind of thing. You know, like exactly. Um. Yeah, that is story coming like full circle on him, you know, uh, which happened a lot for everybody. Um, right during these scenes is where we have like our biggest conversation talking point between Maggie and Negan because Negan takes the rifle and he's going to go and execute Pamela. Um, and, you know, Maggie wants like basically he's like, what is your angle? Like, what do you what do you want out of this? And he basically tells her, look, there's no angle. I'm doing this for you. And, you know, because of like, you do this, every, every like hell's basically going to rain down mm-hmm. on you kind of thing. He's like, if I do this, I can just disappear. It doesn't matter. Um, and he finally tells Maggie, he says the words that she's been waiting for, for a long time. And he tells her he's sorry for everything, for, for everything he did, for taking away her husband, for taking away, you know, uh, her son's father, everything. Um, so like, you know, that their conversations really help set up their future in this episode, but they did it in a, in a nonchalant way, you know, like they, they planted these seeds with these conversations with these two having these scenes together throughout the episode where, you know, it helps solidify where Maggie sits there and tells Daryl at the end, like, you know, we need to know what's out there. Um, you know, we need to explore or whatever and, and see what's out there and what's going on in other places and everything so i felt like the conversations that they had throughout the episode really helped set up their future spinoff without without mentioning it you know what i mean without like really alluding to anything yeah um so that was pretty cool um linda just so you know i i don't know if you guys were able in europe were able to see talking dead at all because i know there's issues with that um, but Chandler Riggs was actually brought up on Talking Dead, mm-hmm. and he and Angela Kang confirmed that he, it was it was Carl, it, not Carl, it was Chandler in in the background wearing yeah. Father Gabriel's black hat, and basically he was just on site, he was on scene, on, on, you know, he was there visiting. Yeah, and Angela threw him the hat and said, "Hey, go be in the background." And he's like, "Are you sure?" She goes, "It's the final episode, absolutely." Yeah. Um, so, so they confirmed that on, on Talking Dead that it was 100% Chandler in the background. And he even tweeted, though. He told everybody. He yeah. Goes, I'm, he like literally said, I'm in the last episode. And everyone's like, yeah, okay. <laughs> so when it happened, he was like, see, I told you so. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I'm so sorry you guys couldn't see it, Talking Dead. That was, I mean, it was a really good Talking Dead. Yeah. Yeah, it was. 
Yeah. Um, just going through here, making sure we're all caught up. I will say though, um, even though we didn't get to see her in the finale, I'm glad like Angela King kind of confirmed like um, why we didn't see Annie in the finale, even though she was mentioned. Um, like between the script being so big, COVID, Norman getting injured, they just couldn't schedule her um, scenes to get filmed. Yeah. But she did say, though, Annie was always meant to survive the season as there are several versions that would have led into Negan's spinoff and involved Annie. So that confirms that Annie is somehow involved, that she is going to appear somehow in Dead City. And I am very curious to hmm. see how they pull that off. Yeah, I think, there, I think there's going to be a time jump in that one for sure because Angela's yeah. already teased that. And I think they cast a young girl and I wonder if that's their child, and it ha that's how it has to be. So yeah. it's like, we can't have them. Because she looks like she could be uh, maybe 10 even or so. I yeah. mean, it's, you know, it's not a little girl. That's maybe. a long time ago. I'm sorry? That's a long time ago then. And, and, but maybe, and I could be completely off base. It was just when they showed that yeah. picture, I was like, that my brain just started like, I wonder. And then when then when Angela King started talking about teasing some of these, but these spin-offs aren't going to be immediately following the flagship ending. It's going to be, yeah. gonna be uh, random times or whatever, that kind of stuff. So I, then I was like, hmm, but that it, it is a substantial time jump, so who knows. But. Hmm. Yeah, well, some people are saying I would hope to see Annie appear mm -hmm. in it and everything. Um, somebody said something else. I with the damn chat rooms over again. Oh, yeah. Ju Judith was a huge time jump. Yeah. Yeah. Judith was, yeah. That was a huge uh, time jump. That's probably the, the biggest time jump they've had, right? It was six years. Yeah. Six for years. her, yeah. Yeah. Um, Chrissy says, unpopular opinion. I'm not a fan of Annie. I like the actress, but not the character. The character mm -hmm. is just blah. Agreed. Yeah. She hasn't had any time to shine. Yeah. 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 Um, we've only had we've only seen her as a damsel in distress basically <laughs> we haven't we haven't really seen her capabilities you know yeah uh the callback the dinner scene is the callback to episode 701 linda said uh yeah i mean there was a ton of callbacks just a ton um <laughs> so let's dive into eugene and rosita because mm. i know this is something that you you know touched on in the pre-show and everything um Eugene being his typical self, you know, he, he fishing, you know what I mean? And their conversation, he was just kind of asking questions and fishing mm. for answers and until he, you phrase that. what's that? Uh, fishing. I've never really heard anything yeah. you say he, that way. I like that. Yeah. He, yeah. he, well, cause you know, it, it's, well, it's kind of like what you do in like law enforcement and stuff. You <laughs> ask questions and you fish for answers, leading, you know? questions, yeah, yeah. leading questions and fish for the answers. Yeah. Um, and it's, you know, he's obviously, we all know he's very intelligent and he was able to catch on to certain answers that she was not giving. And the way, and that, the way, way that, that she was, was kind of like disconnected. Right. Very disconnected from the things he was saying about the summertime, about how much he loves the summertime and, you know, um, can't wait for the summer and everything. Just, and, and her just gazing. Hmm. He's like, COVID. what about you? Yeah. And she doesn't answer. And he's yeah. like, <laughs> you know. Yeah. She looks at him and she's got the tear come down and uh, that's when we all find out. Yeah. I had, look, that whole fall with her really brought me back to Glenn being trapped under, you know, a dumpster. We mentioned that in the chat and today is the 
whatever anniversary of that episode. Yeah. Oh, so it's like we found out that we went under the dumpster. Yeah. So like that, that literally like brought me to that where we all thought Glenn was dead or he had gotten yeah. bit or whatever. Yeah. And um, yeah, and, and you know like. I immediately said, like, in my head, I'm like, man, if she survives, like, she survived that, like, like, without a scratch, you're on your back, you know, you pull your gun, you get all that shot, you jump up in the air, you start doing whatever, but we find out she got bit, and she got bit on her back of her shoulder, like, uh, yeah, back here somewhere, trap area on her, on her back, yep. and um, can't cut that off and make it better, so... Mm -hmm. um, we uh we lost a good one there you know but she's outlived her comic book character arc by a lot freaking leaps and bounds yeah um, especially because like like we said before she was supposed to live yeah you know and, and christian serratos is the one who wanted her to die right you know what i mean and again i think it was a great way for her to go out and yeah yeah um that scene was rough yeah it was what's up dustin the bed mm. Let me throw you a spin here. So, Rosita was very adamant about, you know, hiding this, not telling anyone, keeping the secret. What if Eugene didn't fish? Or what if he didn't go that path? What did she do? To, to me, I think she goes off by herself and kind of handles her business. Yeah. You know, not to have everybody know what went on. Yeah, I would leave a note or something. Right. Yeah, I probably. Yeah, like you know. I mean, why do you keep it from everybody that you love that long? Because mm -hmm. you know that you're dying. Right. And I'm not saying it's kind of a selfish thing to do, to not tell everybody as long as you waited. Yeah. So what was her purpose until you started asking her that? And that I'm okay. sorry, go ahead. Go ahead. Oh, no, I was say, I'm glad they handled it the way they did with her death, um, and not drag it out as long as they did with Carl. Mm. Carl felt like he was dying for years, and hers was just very, yeah. very peaceful. Right. It was handled very classy. Yeah, you're right. As they really made classy it, as you can handle death. They did make the Carl one really long, and painful. But one thing, one thing that bothered me though, was having Coco in the bed with her. And now I get, okay, saying goodbye to her. Door, I get it, but we also have known from over, like over the course of The Walking Dead. That the time it takes somebody to turn, it varies wildly. I mean, we've seen people turn in days, and we've seen people turn in minutes. So, why take the chance? Yeah. Well, I thought it was the angrier they were, the faster they turn. Like that's why Shane turned. Like how like bad of a person they were, they turned quickly. Really? Uh, yeah, like, yeah. yeah. I don't know. That's a good way to think mm -hmm. about it. Like that's why, like Shane turned like instantly, and then you saw someone like Andrea didn't turn till like not Andrea, Amy didn't turn till like the next day. Hmm, it's an interesting spin. I never heard that. Yeah, I've never heard that. It's a good way to think about it, though. Yeah, yeah. I'm getting turned before I ever get bit. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, <laughs> Dustin gets bit. He just crumbles all of a sudden. He's suddenly standing up now. <laughs> yeah. I'm going to take a moment right here to, to say to everybody, if you haven't already hit the like button, please like and subscribe for us, uh, especially if you like in, uh, what you're listening to right now. Mm. And you like what you're seeing, too, you know, because it's not only our, our voices tantalize you, but you have these wonderful faces to look at as well, <laughs> you know. <laughs> and Dustin will blow your kisses. <laughs> um, so... 
shots are fired. Uh, <laughs> Literally. Yeah. Mercer goes running with binoculars to check out what's going on and sees the guards are shooting actual live persons, <laughs> not walkers crawling up a building. Uh, I mean, up the up the gate. But uh, he, he says that they're, they're shooting the people trying to get in. Oh, and finally he's going to do something. Finally. I can't stand back and do nothing. You did it for the entire season, buddy. Mm. You, you saw the bad shit happening and you still sat there and did nothing. Yeah. You know what's crazy to me, though? In, in, that, in this melee of people, Jerry's is kind of... Jerry's in there and so is... Um, Oh my God, Elijah! Yeah, they're yeah. both they're both in this crowd of people. Wouldn't you push your way to the front to say like, "Hey, we're part of this crew. Can you let us in? You know, we're we're family. You know, no, no, no. We don't. It's not until after Father Gabriel gets his redemption that we get to let him in, and then they're reunited. Little, you know, it's a little whatever. But to know that those two are lingering in that whole crowd and stuff, and none of them can make it to the front of the gate, eh, <laughs> eh. It is what it is. Um, the greatest part, though, for me in, the, in this whole sequence, besides the awesome explosion, was Mercer putting Pamela under arrest and, you know, basically telling her, you're the, you're, you, you are the problem. Like, you're the one who caused this. This is you. Um, and it just, to me, was a very, very powerful moment for him. Um, you know, him, him basically saying, you're the traitor, not me, because she calls him a traitor. And um, and then saying, like, you have you've disappointed every one of these people. Like, you're just trying to save yourself, basically. He said, and you shot a child, which I thought was like, I was like, ooh, yeah, take the knife and take the knife and twist it. Get in there. Um, you know, and the whole time, you can kind of see them leading up to Gabriel because he keeps, out of all the people they show, they show him and he keeps looking at all the people at the gate. Mm -hmm. So, like, it gave you that feeling that he, that somebody was going to do something that was going to be him because mm -hmm. the, the camera panned back and forth to him, look, you know, and then Daryl basically steps in and says, like, you know, what are you doing here? Like, you, you can't treat people like this. You know, this isn't how you save the, this isn't how you save the world or anything. Um and he's, I think, believe he says, is like he says, we we aren't the Walking Dead, so which I thought was like really just some very good dialogue and like this whole thing, you know. It's Daryl. Yeah, we ain't. Sorry, yeah, we, we ain't. My, we ain't. We ain't the Walking Dead. Um, that was only the second time they ever said those words. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Oh, I'm it, glad they said it then. And, and what I what I do love too is the fact that he like you know he just he so perfectly said that we have one enemy. And it's not each other. You know what I mean? Like, he, he, he was like, he brought it, like, like Dawson said, we brought it right back to the living versus the dead. And that's what The Walking Dead was all about from the very beginning. And then we got away from it, and it was, you know, what was it? it what, what was it? Fight the, fight the, the dead, fight the living, living, right? Yeah. I mean, you know, and, and now we're back to, you know, fight, you know, fight and fear the dead. You know what I mean? That's, mm -hmm. that's where we are. And that was such a cool way of, of, of bringing it full circle again. Yeah. This badass moment, though, for Gabriel, you know, as he's walking towards the gate to say, you know, anybody, anybody who stops me, you know, I'm gonna shoot the kill, basically. You know? I don't remember who it was, but somebody, and please give yourself credit in chat, made a parallel to Gabriel being the one to open the gate. Yeah. And it, with the church. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. I'm sorry. Yeah. I missed that part. I was reading the chat. My bad. Yeah. I was reading the chat. So I missed that part. But yeah. The chat also. It makes. Yeah. 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 Yeah, which was, was, was so cool. credit in chat. Yes, absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> 
Oh, Linda said it too. Okay, cool. Yeah. yeah. I was going to say, I thought I read it there too, but I knew Meg said it. I'm trying to keep and up I with the chat too, so I'm, I'm spaced out. <laughs> yeah. I'm not used to like this much conversation. Yeah, this is wild. Which I'm happy about. I mean, thank you for being here, guys. After all, yeah, there's a lot to cover in this episode. It is. There is. And but no, I thought it was wonderful because we, you know, he was, you know, you go back and think about him on that rock yelling for help, you know, and and then you find out what a dirt bag he is, trying to act like he's all devout and everything, and then you're like, you're just a dirt bag, you know, and Mm -hmm. yeah. So it was so good to see that. It was such a, you know spin around for him I, I think that so many characters whether major or minor in this episode had such great redemptions i mean i i think that negan had a great redemption with maggie i mean that was so cool to see like you know she literally said like i i can't forget and i and i won't forgive you mm-hmm. and i'm hurting um but i'm willing to understand and respect what you have done like you saved my son and that i won't forget either Mm-hmm. Um, you have everything Eugene did, right? I mean, that I mean, you talk about a character who made a complete 180. I, I mean, Eugene probably had the biggest growth of any character on the show. I don't care what you say. He went from being this dastardly coward who literally lied about having the secret to the friggin' cure for the virus just to stay alive. Mm-hmm. And he was li- quite literally willing to sacrifice his own life, consequences be damned, to save everybody else. Mm-hmm. I, I mean, he looked, he said, you know what? He goes... Uh, they want, they want, they want my head. I'm going to give it to him, basically. And, and and he stepped up to the plate big time. He was a huge part of rescuing the kids. Then you talk about um, Father Gabriel again. You know, a complete 180. He was this cowardly man who hid behind the cat, the collar, you know, so to speak. And you know, he all of a sudden became this total badass who was willing to protect his family. And that didn't just include Rosita and Coco. That was you know his extended family. Um, Everybody just had these great redemptions and great character developments. It was pretty cool. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. All right, Pi. <laughs> Pi. <laughs> I, I missed it. So, Pi, should we talk slower? <laughs> <laughs> um. <laughs> Nicole, Gabriel got a little something, something, and changed his mindset. <laughs> yeah. I, I mean, mean, he did have, you know, he did turn into a badass right there. I know. To, uh, open those gates. Man, man. Um, it was great to see them, you know, with Jerry and Elijah, you know, be brought back to the, to the group, you know, and then obviously the first, you know, Jerry's very distraught and he wants to know where his family is. Um, you know, he's yelling for Nabila and everything and, and Ezekiel's telling him like, she's, she's fine. You know, they're safe. They're back at Alexandria. Um, so it's nice to see that the whole gang's reunited again, because this is where, you know, things get. This is where things get heated up. They get heated up. Um, It did break my heart when Jerry was like, you know, Nabila, where's Nabila? Is she okay? And and I I was like, just knowing Cooper and and Nadine, like just knowing the people they are, I'm like, Mm -hmm. that's not only their characters, that's them, that's them talking. Sure. And I was just, I felt it and I was, I I just, I loved it. Yeah. You know, in the chat, uh, Linda asked, what about Oceanside? Mm. That's actually what grinded my guts. I have been (laughs) researching this for two days. Okay, they never explained if Cindy or Rachel made it out. Okay, Luke says Oceanside's gone. We never saw it fall. Mm-hmm. We don't know if they made it. I have been Googling and Googling, even going on Reddit, and I hate Reddit. Mm-hmm. And I can't figure out if they're alive. And I'm so mad. Like, yeah. he, he didn't say it. Felt like he just said that the, so Luke right. said that the Commonwealth took over. Yeah. And that Rachel had told them not to come back. Mm-hmm. So yeah. they did talk to Rachel at some point. So at that 
you know, sometime in there before they met up with Aaron and them, they did talk to Rachel. She was still alive at that point, but she told them to stay away from Oceanside. So whether she was, I don't know how that interaction happened, but she did tell them it was a mess and to stay away. So, I mean, it's not good closure at all, but yeah. they, they did close it fell. You know, they said that the console, I imagine it was like Alexandria with, you know, they just the Commonwealth taking it over and yeah. And this, and this goes to Chris's point, Pi, you know, yeah, not all loose ends got tied and, and yeah. there wasn't enough time there. It absolutely was not enough time. I mean, runtime, we got an hour and 15 seven minutes, minutes, seven yeah. minutes. Yeah. Okay. An hour and seven minutes. Seven minutes. I, I mean, for a serious finale of a show of this impact, I, I mean, runtime should have been at least they an said, hour 20. They said an hour 30. They like. No, that was with commercial. Oh, with but commercials? Runtime is hour seven. Oh. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And so, I, I mean, never count this is almost where, where I agree with Chris. There should have been additional episodes. Yeah. yeah. And I'm not saying there should have been a whole new season. I, I think that would have been a lot. Um, but, I mean, you do another four, four episodes, maybe. Four. And you have an entire episode devoted to them trying to liberate Commonwealth and, and find out what's going on with Commonwealth. Either they get there and it's scorched earth. Okay, you know what? Luke's had his time. I don't care. That it would have been great just to know that. And now it's like it wasn't you see Luke and, and um what's her name? Jules. Jules, thank yeah. you. Um, you see them, and that's like the first thing we've heard about Oceanside in a long time. And then that's it. That's like the last thing we heard about Oceanside. Like, it just to me, it didn't sit right, especially for being a community that was so important once upon a time. Mm-hmm. That was a huge part of the Savior War. Yeah. I mean, you know, for, for the sake of things, you, you gave us what, six, eight episodes, episodes or whatever, on a red handled machete. Mm-hmm. Kept showing. You can give me some background so that I have peace of mind. Yeah, absolutely. I, I need closure. That, I like that. That's true. They were able to do those. But they did the, I don't know, one was with an airplane crash, and then the other one was the red marine. The summer, then they had the machete. They're amazing, yeah. There's so many good ones, yeah. I mean, that's a great point. I didn't even think about the Dustin, but I mean, that would be phenomenal. You know, a six or eight episode web, you know, webisode thing, whatever, and have it be the Commonwealth and them fighting back and them succeeding. Just just by pure grit alone, they, they, they fight back against the Commonwealth soldiers that are there, and then they walk they, they, they said, you know what, screw it. Let's go see what's going on in the Commonwealth. Let's let's help our friends out. And they get there, and it could be after the final episode. And then it's just, you know, maybe, I don't know, Maggie or, you know, or Ezekiel meeting them at the gate and going, I'm glad you guys are okay. Come, you know, you, you're welcome home. Mm-hmm. And then have them open the gates, and that's how it ends. You know what I mean? That would be phenomenal just to be like, hey, you guys are home. Let's go. Yeah. Um. Yeah. You know, I wanted to know, you know, we placed, we, we placed Pamela under arrest, but then we let her walk away towards the gate towards Lance because she sees Lance as, a, as a walker. Um, you know, it's like stuff like that. Like what, if, if you just placed a woman under arrest, why are we letting her walk around free? You know, she should have been cuffed and stuffed by that. Not, you know, being able to walk up to the gate. Yeah, she would have gotten very far though. Well, I mean, you're letting her walk to the gate so she can off herself now. You know what I mean? Like she basically was trying to let Lance take the final, you know, the final bite, the final blow. So she didn't have to suffer, I guess, you know, in her mind, she'd be locked up or whatever. And that's another thing we didn't see either in the, in the one year time jump, we didn't get to see her still in jail, you know, like, or or whatever, what, what she looked like or what she was doing while locked up in jail. But that's neither here or there. Um, 
I kind of wanted to see her look all decrepit. Yeah, like, you know, grown out, kind of scaggly looking. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Unwashed hair. Yeah, long, long nails, you know, just the... Yeah. Broken from scratch. Yeah. Sure. Even just like a slow panning shot at the end. Yeah. They were kind of showing the slow shot. Just locked up in prison. Yeah. Yep. Just, you know, a piece of bread so, with some cat food. We were talking about the, the time jump. Um, You know, a few, I think it was a couple of weeks ago or something. Kari Payton said he wasn't happy with how his story um, ended. Yeah, I now, Right? But now that we saw it, I can't help but wonder if that was a war to let people think that yeah. maybe he was going to die. Because I can't imagine anyone else taking the role as governor. That's well, what they said they, that they were so glad he was excellent. And they said he's king again. I said exactly how he should be. The yep. perfect choice. So I, now I'm like super curious. Like, and next time I see him, I'm going to ask him. Yeah. I am dying to know, like, yo, what the hell? You know what would have been great too, though? And this is just from coming from like a like a, a writer's like standpoint. I'm sure you can appreciate this, but like you guys, but like when 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 Zika was having a speech, just having Jerry up front against the stage with like a security shirt on would have been hysterical to me. I don't know why, but I thought that would just be phenomenal. You know what I mean? Just like you know, the king's got his knight again. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. They um during Talking Dead, I know not a lot of people got to see it. Um, when they were talking about Mercer being up on stage with Ezekiel, and he's like, because like you know Mercer's colors were orange, um, you know, orange and black uniform, and Ezekiel made a comment about Jerry or no Shiva. It's like, oh, it's just another black and orange thing. I'm on stage with me, and I was like, (laughs) (laughs) damn, (laughs) wow, that fucked me up. I didn't even think about that. Yeah. <laughs> I remember as soon as you said it, I literally had to pause and rewind it, and then I was like, "Okay, I got, I got to mention this in the show." Wow, yeah, it was. I'm all about the whole like Ezekiel and Mercer. Like, I want to do an Ezekiel Mercer spinoff. Mm-hmm. Oh my yeah. god, yeah, man, yeah, that team up. Yeah. Give us what we want. Then you know, episodes. you know, it's, you know, it's funny having met MJS and then having like Chris and I had really good conversations with him, and just like seeing him interact as a person. I could totally see, like, when he was like, and two brothers running the Commonwealth, you know, like, mm-hmm. just trying to say that, I'm like, MJS would have said that 100%, that, like, he yeah. is Mercer, you know yeah. what I mean? Absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> it's, uh, and I mean, his plan, let's face it, his plan, I, I have to give him kudos for the plan that he put in place for this whole thing is very, it's pretty well thought out. I mean, uh, dumping the fuel down into the drainage systems. Yep. So that it travels with the water and smart, yeah. goes the, the whole the perimeter of the yeah. sewage system, which is obviously linked to all the estates and everything yeah. around, um, and and setting off that you know that explosion that takes out looks like every walker in the area, um, and then the blast from all everything around it, you know, sending shrapnel and and seeing and, the walkers on fire and yeah. like falling apart, which is really cool to see. You That's, know what I mean? Uh, yeah, his his plan was pretty legit. I gotta say. I mean, Dustin, I know once again I'm gonna go to you because you know, and I, I know you've been in a lot of natural disaster stuff because you 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 know it's just part of your background and what you do and everything. Um, but aside from that, from once again from like a tactical standpoint, like. Dumping the fuel into it, you know, the sewage treatment drainages and everything like that, so it circulates, travels, it'll it'll you know float around through anywhere where there's water, it'll go, um, mm. and then to have that blow like that, pretty pretty realistic in my opinion. It, it, it is. I, I would have a concern about being kind of in the middle of it because mm-hmm. I mean, you don't know with all the 
the natural gases and things, what it could do with the puff back and everything. But, right. you know, for theatrical purposes, I mean, yes, it could work. And it did. Yeah. Um, no, I think it was, I mean, it was definitely, I don't know, having even been there with the experience, I would have thought about that. Right, know? right. So I'm glad that whoever did put that in there, it was like, hmm. Yeah, it was a pretty, pretty, hmm good writing and pretty good idea on how to how to like solidify this ending as far as the threat with this you got another glimpse at uh if you if you notice you got another glimpse at um when elijah's putting the speaker on top of a fuel barrel and um and tying i guess tying the fuses together and everything like that there's a they show a walker spin and turn and that very first walker they show right after elijah spin and turn is oscar so yeah. I want to throw a little shout out. Is it really? Yeah. That's cool. I didn't know that. Yeah. Yeah. yeah I, I see that. That's cool. Yeah. Uh, a little little shout out to Oscar there for that. Making it on making it on scene again. Again. Um, it's going to start getting to his head. Oh, yeah. I know. You're going to have to order a bigger hat. We'll have to, <laughs> we'll have to widen all the doors. Um, but, yeah, no, that's very cool for him. And, obviously, we, uh, we're, we're very proud of him. Um, we get um, – Max gets to use her old Colstein on the radio as Blue Weevil again. That was cool to see. That was cool. <laughs> uh, so they got to do that, which is, yeah, it was pretty cool. Um, and even like the explosion effects that take place, you know, with this explosion, because um, we all know that they do a lot of live pyro on set, you know, and all the, when Alexandria, you know, got blown up and everything like that, everything like those, a lot of those explosions, you know, they do a lot of live explosions on set. It's not, most of it obviously is CGI, but some of it is real. You know, what I mean, they yeah. do blow up a lot of shit on the show. <laughs> They've been doing it for a while, um, but I thought all the CGI effect and everything like that, with the, the whatever skins left on the walkers peeling off their bodies, that that incineration effect, the blast back, um, that that whole like uh, I don't know that sonic boom of like the the explosion kind of blowing through everything. Um, seeing the one walker walking and like seeing his body turn to ash was pretty collapse, cool yeah. too. You know, and the way he collapsed is pretty cool. Yeah, they yeah, did a lot of fear the Walking Dead. A little bit, a little bit. Yeah, mm -hmm. a little bit. I can, yeah, I could see that. Um, but then, then I like so that was Oscar. Yeah, I just like, so and cool. I like the pan back they do too to show the the amount of destruction that that blast did because yeah. um, it really wipes out everything in that area. Um, and then, you know, we, we have Pamela who's in her cell with probably two of the people that she <laughs> hates the most. Hates the most, and <laughs> of, you know, wishes that she could replace with anybody else, but you know, Daryl and Carol. Um, it just seems like those two are always like in this episode. We're always just at the at the right time, right place, kind of thing. I did love I did love Carol's comment where she's like, "At least we don't have to worry about who gets your house." Yeah, <laughs> it's like, "Damn, Carol." Yeah. All right, Jesus Christ, just kill her now. Why don't you? Holy yeah. shit! That was the death blow right there. Yeah. When um, they were filming um, the scenes of the estates, um, I think I, I've mentioned this on the show before. When um, I was going to Sonoya and I saw like where they were filming, mm -hmm. I didn't realize till we watched the episode. It was the estates that I saw. Oh, okay. Cool. okay. Now I know where they are. So next time I'm down in Sonoya, I want to like drive through and like see if I can find like Pamela's house. Mm -hmm. And it's just cool. Like when you see like the walkers walking up like the field towards the gate, I was like, wait, I was like, I know that spot. I know <laughs> yeah. those gates. Like I yeah. have to like see it again. It was really cool. Yeah. Uh, you know, 
I never, honestly, I've never even, I've been downtown a few times, obviously, where they filmed and just saw the gates and stuff. But I've never gotten an opportunity to do a tour or anything. So I got, to, I missed out on all that kind of stuff every time I went down there. But it's always nice to see. to Alexandria next time because I, I went to Carol's house. Oh, wow. Okay. No it one, was, a lot of those are for sale right now, right? Carol and Rick's house is for sale. Um, apparently, you could have walked through Rick's house. I didn't know that because mm -hmm. um, there was a private property sign, so I didn't ah. want to trespass by going inside. But I know people that did. Okay. Um, so I just took photo, like I put my phone up to the glass, and I was kind of like taking pictures that way of the inside. Um, but it was so cool, like sitting on Carol's steps and like like knowing like Melissa sat here. Mm -hmm. It was yeah. it was so cool. I'll yeah. show you guys the pictures afterwards. But I think the cheapest house was maybe about six hundred thousand, but the townhouses, which are if you've seen the the listing, the insides of these are insane. They're gorgeous. They're mm -hmm. like one point one point three or one point five million dollars mm -hmm. in the townhouse. But there were, I mean, there are four floors. You got an up, up top porch, like patio thing. I mean, they're gorgeous, you know, yeah. but wow. Mm. That's a hefty price tag. Yeah, <laughs> I don't see that but happening. I stood where the, where the windmill was. I'm just looking around. I was like, it feels so naked. I, I sent you guys the video. Yeah. It's just so, like, it doesn't feel the same. Like, I was happy that, um, you know, that we got to walk through it. But at the same time, it didn't feel as special. Yeah. because the gates weren't up or right. you know the walls weren't up and right. it was just a regular neighborhood so i was just like oh so i think i'm going to re-watch season five when we're really introduced mm -hmm. to alexander and then go back and be like yeah. okay i feel like it'll be better right right yeah uh, well, I, I, know, I now know what i'm doing if i win the lottery yeah no i'm not buying one of those houses <laughs> i'm not buying a townhouse for 1.2 i'll buy a house house no but that'll be my winter house oh the yeah. winter house yeah i got you i'll spend the winter months down there with with meg and soon you know, or, uh, renee and soon to be meg right um that way i can see you guys you know okay but yeah that makes sense yeah as long as the a summer place yeah exactly okay. right. no that's winter yeah, I'm gonna be down there Our for winter. the winter, the warm. Yeah, 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 my bad. New York's not that bad. It's really cold down there. We'll say. My I'm gonna say it's pretty cold so up there. Ice in it. It, like th just even a three-hour drive, it was crazy how cold it was in Covington, mm -hmm. and then to come home, I was like, "Whoa, that's a drastic change." But yeah, it was when I after the event ended, I got back in my car, and it was said it was like 28. Mm -hmm. We had there it was, was also 10:30 at night. Windows. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, it was not fun. Yeah, I saw some of the pictures. I think I saw Mitchell who was in a picture because he went down to uh, twenty uh, gate twenty two there, post twenty two, yeah. and um, everybody was bundled up pretty good. So I was like, oh, it must be cold. So okay, speaking of outpost twenty two, I am so mad where they put it. So okay, so in Sonoya is um, the scene, the episode JSS, like where Enid and her parents are, where like mm -hmm. her parents died. They put it right next to it. So if you try to get a shot of the JSS wall. You're gonna see the outpost. Hmm. They should have put it a little further down yeah. the road. Yeah. I am so mad at its placement, but it does look really badass. But I'm still so mad at its placement. <laughs> now is that stuff staying up or is that coming down too? Oh, that is well, the wall has been there for years. That wall right. was meant to stay. Okay. Um, but the outpost, it looks pretty cement. It looks yeah, pretty, I think I it's think like a like a, that yeah, they did that for the Walking Dead fans. They're still gonna okay. come to Sonoy to see yeah, it. Sure. Have a spot to take a picture. So yeah. It was really cool. It, it's got to be like ten feet tall, probably eight or twelve feet tall. It was it was massive. 
Mm-hmm. Well, it's the gates. I mean, that's what it was. It was the yeah. gate, you know, into there. When in March, um, when we were down there, they had sign. They had a piece of wood covering the um, the door. So all my friends and I were trying to like, you know, peel it back a little bit and see. Then the next day we went down there and we found out the wall that part that that sign fell down. So you saw what it said. And we're like, <laughs> Did we do that? We we wouldn't go near it. We felt so guilty. <laughs> it turned out we didn't do it. But Meg's like, I don't want to look. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, they had it covered up for quite a while. But by, but when they had the camp in May, they had taken it down. I think because they knew the fans would be there to take pictures and all that stuff. Oh, that's cool. That's yeah. a smart move on their part. <laughs> yeah. Um, couple cool little things that happened uh, in the in the, the passing scenes. You know, you had obviously the celebratory dinner. Um, Negan throws away his whisperer mask. I don't know where he throws it. You just see him heave it and throw it. He gets rid of it. So I guess he's uh, never will never see him with that again. Now maybe it's the the again the writer in me, but like I took that. This is how I perceived it was that Negan was finally ready to be his true self, and getting rid of that mask was like his final like. I'm, I'm going to be true to who I am, and I'm and I'm done hiding who I am, and mm-hmm. that's how I took it. Yeah, especially with his scene with Maggie and her, you know, saying, "Look, I don't forgive you. I don't forget. I don't forget what you did. Right, but I understand and respect and appreciate what you have done for us since then." Mm-hmm. Yeah, saying that him and Annie are welcome to stay and and, and everything. So yeah, um, once again, you know, like I mentioned earlier, you know, those conversations that take place throughout this episode with them help align everything that's coming. Um, well, that that conversation about Glenn was from the comics. Yeah, they had that conversation straight from the comics. Oh, okay. well, I didn't know that. Where she's describing you know, his eyes, his eyes right? Yeah, his voice, hearing them. I see you smile. You know, right. that was all from the comics. Um, the dinner is a throwback. We mentioned that too. The dinner is a throwback to seven hundred one. Um, and then you know during that dinner, um, Rosita's sitting, and Gabe goes and sits down next to her. And, you know, he's just being happy about, you know, I guess the moment and everything. And she leans over and whispers in his ear and tells him, you know, I'm, I'm bitten, I'm dying kind of thing. I'm, I'm imagining because, you know, you don't know what's said, but I can't really see what else it would have been. Um, because then he immediately, his whole expression changes. I said it about JDM and I'm going to say it about Seth as well. Uh, being able to hit that emotion you know what I mean? And then have that really show on your, uh, you know, the wear on you kind of thing. Um, and then you also see like Judith is kind of like off in the, off to the side somewhere, but she sees this happen and like catches on very quickly. I'm assuming that, you know, she knew exactly what was happening and, you know, what's going on in that moment. Um, and then, you know, we say goodbye to Rosita. You know, she lays down with Coco and everybody kind of takes their turn talking to her, saying goodbye and, and whatnot. Uh, and, uh, yeah, I mean, sad to see her go. You know, I mean, comic book-wise, like I said, she should have been dead a long time ago. Um, but, you know, she gets she gets to go out, I guess you want to say the the way she wanted to, you know, she got to her own terms. pull her own shots on yeah. this and, and go out how she wanted. Um, you know, you get a prayer by Gabe and everything the way it should be. Um, I, I don't like how she just kind of like 
fades off. You know what I mean? Like she's just laying there and it's just like, oh, she just kind of went to sleep. You know what I mean? Like I would have maybe it would have been more real for me personally. Like if she would have closed her eyes and then maybe you slowly saw like the veins turning blue or something, you know, like some kind of transformation happening, you know, before. Would you do the time they could yeah i'm sure like once again like i know a lot of this was cut short because of time restraint but you know i i feel like i don't know i just to make it more realistic you know as she's talking to eugene and everything and she takes those last breaths it's just to see some kind of you know inf the infection kind of run its course you know kind of through her up to her head where we know that things are going to happen you know, that would have been a nice pullback to the CDC episode. Sure, yeah. Exactly. Um, you know, but we just get a big blubbering emotional Eugene, which is fine. I'll forgive him. I'll can, forgive him. Can, I'll forgive him. But can you at least admit what? that he has grown more than any other character? Not more than any other, but immensely. Yeah, I, I think, I think, I honestly, I think he's grown more than any. What would you say? Other, what other character has grown more than him? Carol. Daryl, uh, not not Daryl. Bullshit, Daryl. Daryl, he's what become a leader. Daryl, Daryl even had. He, he's the one who, like, at Darryl the very end, he, he gets. Could, like, he couldn't do anything more than run until two episodes ago. It's not true. He's Dude. been leading the way ever since Rick left. I know you will. That's a hot take, and I don't care. <laughs> Uh, I said my hot take before the show, so it's okay. <laughs> I respect yours, but man. <laughs> I'm not saying Eugene hasn't grown immensely since we first met him, but I don't think the most. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I don't I still think he's a giant grown baby, but hey, what are you going to do? <laughs> um, See, we all have characters we hate, so that's just how it is. <laughs> yeah. And I mean, it's like, so they go from like her death scene to like, hey, one year ahead. I'm like... Okay. Let me throw the word curveball on the death scene in a second. Yeah. You know, if you go back to Eugene, um, I think he was trying to, uh, with the Savior's compound, and he was working with the girl, trying to tell him how much of his you know, medicine or what he had to give to Negan. I'm thinking because Eugene was at the end, did he give her something? Did they have a side talk? You see what I'm saying? Mm. I, I go down the rabbit hole sometimes. I yeah. You know? That's what we like. That's, yeah. I that's really down the rabbit hole. I'm like, because the whole time I was sitting there, I'm like, he's, He's going to give her something. He's, he's going to do something, you know? Because mm -hmm. you're right, we didn't see her make that transformation. Right. So is that symbolic of that, or is it just... Little, down little down. Eugene Elixir? Dustin, who do you think had the biggest character growth? Mm. Or one of the characters that had the biggest character growth? I'm going to... Of course, everybody always says Carol, so let's, let's set her to the side. I'm going to go with Father Gabriel because he, I mean, because if you think about it, he's a leader as a pastor. And even being that, he's very timid and very scared. And how do you even be a pastor if you're that way? You see mm -hmm. what I'm saying? Yeah. So, like, he didn't even fit the role that he was in in the normal world. Now you throw him into the apocalypse, and he's definitely not fitting that role. So, to see him come full circle, and be what he was. Uh, I mean, even going back to Alexandria, when Rick went out to, you know, clear the zombies after Carl was shot, he's the first one outside. Mm -hmm. you know? So there's now he's like, he's putting himself there 
I, I think in a lot of ways, you know, Eugene witnessed a lot of that too. I think that led a lot of other characters to saying, "Hey, if the pastor can go, we can go." Right. That is a really good, really good mention. Yeah, yeah, yeah. and I mean, and like you said, you went down a rabbit hole. But like, honestly, uh, I completely forgot about Eugene doing that until you just brought it up again. So possibly could he have given her something to take the edge off so to speak you know uh yeah 100 percent. he definitely could have kind of like a just a sedative to put her out before she went out kind of thing so yeah yeah that's a good call um and you know and but like i said you know you go right from her death scene we skip we jump one year ahead uh eugene has apparently been able to figure out where the pp goes and we have a baby <laughs> Uh, baby Rosie, that's adorable. Baby Rosie, you. Eugene, you figured it out, man. You finally did it. <laughs> literally did it. Yeah, quite literally. You're gonna do it. <laughs> he was sleeping with fake Stephanie first. Fake Stephanie, yeah. Ooh, good thing. Yeah, and where'd they all go? Well, Calhoun was killed. The guy, yeah, they, that's, that's the Walker. Well, Calhoun, was, yeah, he was killed, but yeah. fake Stephanie would never saw her. dead. I bet she's dead, too. I'm sure she's yeah. dead, too. <laughs> Mitchell, he's no longer the 45-year-old virgin. He <laughs> <laughs> um, finally got some. Yeah, we have, and then we have, you know, uh, we talk about, we spoke about this, but we have Mercer and Ezekiel. Ezekiel taking over as the new governor, and... Uh, you know, giving one of his great Ezekiel speeches that he does, um, which is like basically, you know, that that's like his his call signs. Like, call bring bring Ezekiel it's time for a speech. He kind of took over from Rick from doing that. Yeah, you know, like Rick always used to have like these yeah. Rick speeches. You know, Rick is Rickisms and stuff. <laughs> so yeah, now we have you know Ezekiel and and Mercer uh, who are going to be running. Um, uh, I guess the Commonwealth or the uh, Alexandria is going to be ran by Maggie, and um, we don't know about it which side or anywhere else, but we do know that it'll be at least the Commonwealth and Alexandria existing in what we have going here. Um, Daryl makes his rounds, so to speak. You know, he starts with um, Connie and you know saying goodbye to her, basically. Um, we do have that cool little, uh, we have um, Lydia who brings Judith the uh, compass oh, yeah, with, her, with her initials on it from Negan. That was great. Yeah, I thought that was really cool, you know, saying that it helped me find my way, you know. Because uh, she told him that. That's what she said to him. She goes, you can keep it. It'll help you find your way. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So then he, yeah. So I thought that was actually very cool as well. Um, I got to say, like, in... The end. The ending scenes here. Um, obviously, happy to see like everyone together again. Like Jerry and Nabil. Yeah, Jerry and Nabil. Like that. Yeah, he's not leaving to go do something for once, and he can be. With he his can kids. actually be a dad now, <laughs> a husband. He can be. He can be a home daddy. I told that to Cooper out of the camp. Yeah, I told Cooper that the camp. I was like, no offense, but Jerry's kind of a deadbeat dad. Yeah, <laughs> I was like, I get him protecting everybody. I'm like, but he's not existent right mm-hmm. now. I'm like, Nabil is like a single mom. Yeah, basically, I'm raising all these kids without you. Um, you know what we have? Everybody kind of coming together, and then you have Carol and and Daryl basically alone by a by a river or pond, I think it is. And uh, how many Carol and Daryl fans thought they were gonna oh, kiss? Man, right? Oh, man. Yeah. listen, I almost fell head first over a couch. 
I'm carrying my, you know, my little pizza roll things or whatever through there, and I'm like, kind of looking back and watching, and I'm like, are, are they going to kiss? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like, so, no, I never caught that. Yeah, I didn't think they were going to kiss. Yeah. There's a nice little thing. I mean, he, see, he says, I wish you were coming with me. Mm -hmm. You know? Yeah. So, and, and she's like, and she's, no, I think she said it. I wish I was going with you. Oh, does she? Yeah, oh, yeah. And he says, I, I know. She said it because yeah. I was like, what a great thing because, you know, she's unable to do the spinoff with him. So that was kind of like this little, you know, of course, she's talking in a show, but we all know she's also talking about the series. And, so yeah, I thought that was really cool. Mm -hmm. And you can tell that it was it wasn't Daryl and Carol. It was Melissa and Norman's walk. Yeah, yeah, that, yeah. That's how I felt. Yeah. See, it made it so beautiful. Right. right. And, you, and they even said that on Talking Dead when they talked. And and I think I think um Melissa McBride said it. And she goes, That wasn't only Carol talking to Daryl. She was like, That was me, Melissa talking to Norman. You know what I mean? Yeah. And like he she's like, he's been such a huge part of my life and I'm so close to him personally. That it was like kind of like our goodbye for the show. You know, we're not going to see each other every day now. It's going to be you know every once in a while, and that was cool for her to see, or for her to say. Yeah. yeah, I mean, he does say it's not like we're never going to see each other again. Yeah. So you know, well, especially because she said that she said that she wasn't opposed to making appearances on the show, right? You know, on the Daryl Dixon show because she was originally supposed to be on the show with him. Mm -hmm. It's just that she couldn't commit to being in France for that length of you know for like, like moving of life. Sick. Yeah, I yeah. think her dad's sick is what they've said, so that makes perfect sense. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Plus, she's been filming for twelve years. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, exactly. I mean, I'm sure some of these actors who have been on a you know show for that long are looking for a break. Mm -hmm. uh, Norman just seems to love work, but that's okay. Yeah, that's all he does. Yeah. Well, that's, all, that's all Diane does too. The both of them. I don't right. Know they their kid. <laughs> yeah. They're both busy all the time. I, I do love, you know, like Judith, like, you know, or him calling Judith literally a little ass kicker and she was like, oh, big ass was kicker. I was like, yeah. oh. <laughs> yeah. Because somebody pointed out she wouldn't even know what that meant, you yeah. know, I, because, you know, she was an infant when yeah. he said it. And I thought, oh, I mean, to me, it just, like, I didn't put it together quick enough. And I was like, oh, that's awesome, you know? So she yeah. just responded, like, okay, big ass kicker. Yeah, like she was confused, like, all right, <laughs> if I'm little, you're big. Like, what? <laughs> yeah, and for him, it's like this is like what you know, ten years in the making. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, and it, it's great. It's like, oh shit, here's another nickname. And yeah. They, and it, yeah, and it makes me wonder though. It makes me wonder though too with his with everything that he's going to be doing. You know, he he says goodbye to RJ and to Judith, and Judith says, you know, you're allowed to be happy too. Yeah, you deserve to be. You happy. deserve to be happy too. Yeah, just a happy ending, and and he he tells her, I'll be back. So, like, it, to me, maybe there's a slimmest little glimmer of hope that maybe somewhere in his series, you know, I, I, I don't know, that, that Judith will somehow reappear somewhere somehow or he'll well, return he's, home. He's, Who knows? Several, like, any, almost all the interviews he's recently done, you know, Jimmy Kimmel or different things like that, he just keeps teasing. You will not know what familiar faces are going to pop up. Mm -hmm. So I'm sure there are plans to somebody be there with them, you know? Yeah. I hope they do a better job of keeping things under wraps mm -hmm. than they did with this uh, series finale. I will say that. And I know, Renee, you mentioned about Greg Nicotero making mm -hmm. two appearances. Like Greg and Zombie. Yeah, I love that so much. I was you know, watching. Well, so the cinematographer had posted Daryl's last ride the day of filming. He posted Daryl driving and it was so, I was so emotional that day. I mean, it was like, I was going to see this for how many months down the road. So I knew that that scene was coming and, um, 
you know, when he came around thing and then here comes that with the striped shirt, I was like, oh, it's Greg. And, and everybody knew that Greg was going to be a walker in the series or in the episode because he shared that. He also directed it. And then, then it, you know, reminded me that he was Daryl's first kill. So when Daryl comes, the first introduction of Daryl, you know, he's like, son of a bitch. And he walks out, he's kicking that walker, he's screaming and yelling obscenities at it. That was, that was Greg Nicotero as well. So I thought it was so fitting that he was in, you know, Daryl's first scene and he was in Daryl's last scene. So I just, I thought yeah. that was super cool. Just because of the bond they have also, you yeah, know, true. of work and things. So yeah, it was super cool. My, my only critique was that if I was a walker in that situation, I would have grabbed for Daryl. And obviously miss because he's on a motorcycle. But Greg's walker just kind of like, just like looks at him. And, and he like rides off. And I expected like a, you know, like this. And like kind of missing because he's mm -hmm. on a motorcycle. But that didn't happen. Yeah. Maybe he wasn't a variant walker. He could have just been a regular walker that was just dumb as shit. But I mean, I would even say, I would even say the regular walkers would have yeah. reached for him, yeah. you know. Maybe it was just kind of his nod to... Maybe he has a variant walker and he just didn't have much brain function left. <laughs> he was just shambling, you know, at that point. Uh, let's talk about the elephant in the room. Let's talk about the ending. You, you, ending. you got this right. I'm going to go home. I'm just kidding. I mean, look, you know, <laughs> I'm okay with what they did because I know that the masses wanted it. They wanted to see Michonne. They wanted to see Rick. Linda wanted to see Rick, apparently. <laughs> um, Renee, you ex probably broke this down and explained it the best in the pre-show. Yes. So just so everybody out there understands, because there might be some people who did not understand what they were seeing in the two um, timelines of, of Michonne and Rick. So I'm going to hand it over to you because you did an excellent job breaking it down for, for us. So just like I said, and just in case for people out there who might have thought that this was something that it wasn't, yeah. and you can, you can really explain what it was. Yeah, sure. So when we see this, you know, of course, a lot of us were excited to see Rick. I personally was excited. I felt... I was very vocal about thinking we're not going to see Rick. I had said that numerous times because at one, especially once they announced the stuff, I thought, why would they even put him in this? But I was super happy they did. So what this is, is them both going about their tasks. And, you know, he's he's writing a letter to Michonne. She's writing in her journal for Judith and RJ. And then we see, you know, well, I guess first it was lighting the fire. Then they were writing the notes. And then you know, they're just going about these tasks. And then at one point you almost feel, oh, wait, are they together? And then that pans out and you see he has the boots and you see she has the boots. So that's when you realize they're on the same timelines. Mm -hmm. So Michonne's is in the present day and his is before Michonne found the evidence that he survived. Right. So, you know, it was such a cool way to do this to show she's still searching and everybody's questions about why hasn't come. He's been trying. He's tried to escape. You know, who knows how many times mm -hmm. he's tried to escape and been recaptured. So everybody, because that was always kind of a thing with him. Why wouldn't he try to get back? He has been trying, you know? So I, that's what I thought was super cool about it. And another cool thing that people said was like, you know, Rick was the, he killed the first walker and then he you know, killed the last walker in the series. So that was super cool. Mm -hmm. But the, so the whole thing, as soon as I saw his jacket and his weapon, I was like world beyond. Mm -hmm. Silas had the same, almost same identical coat and the weapon. And those were used at the culling facilities for the CRM. 
people have been, why does his code have the circles? Why, you know, Silas's didn't, there could be more than one calling facility. They could have done it. My, my thing is, I think that it's because they wanted the walking dead viewers to understand this is the CRM's jacket. This is that, you know, their stuff because in world beyond a lot of people didn't watch it. But you knew it was that because he was captured by them. So it was more obvious. Mm -hmm. So I don't know, you know, there are different reasons for that. And I did do the research and that boat was the same boat that washed up on Bloodworth Island. So that's how Virgil got his things. You know, of course, this, you know, boat comes up and, you know, he scavenges for supplies, puts them in his storage room, and that's where Michonne finds them. So, you know, it's just kind of, you know, this you know, obviously setting up their series. This was a CODA scene. Everybody keeps saying it was part of the episode. It was not Kane, Nectaro, everybody. They called it a CODA. It was just a introduction, just a nod to these characters and just kind of show you what they've been up to. And so it, I, I thought it was wonderful. I loved it. I know not everybody did, but I thought it was fabulous. So, you know, when you and I, when Renee and I were interviewing Carrie um, at the finale party, we, we kind of talked about it will Rick appear mm -hmm. and you, you guys kind of had a similar idea. And I, I kind of was like, I think it's going to happen where it's going to fade and then we're going to find out. Mm -hmm. And I'm kind of glad that I was a little right in that, in that regard. Um, I will say though, I wasn't shocked at all that Rick appeared because it was pretty much spoiled with Michonne. Yeah. That was the jaw dropper. I was like, what? Mm -hmm. <laughs> And that was that was a great i a great idea to include mm -hmm. her and i love how they did the different timelines and show i just i thought it was just wonderfully done <laughs> and yeah and people i've seen several times people keep asking about jadis so jadis is in the crm and i expect we may see her they, she was always scheduled to be in the movies with rick mm -hmm. um Polly and McIntosh, who is that but she you know so who knows what they'll do but um yeah we'll see what happens with it I'm trying to read, they finished filming the show March and Oh, for Rick. Okay. Cause I was confused. Mitchell was saying that they finished filming the flagship series in March, but Rick didn't do his scenes till August. And I had read that, that they added that on yeah. you know, at that point. I will say though, the scene about um, like with Rick and Michonne writing the letters, I was getting so confused by that because when they were both talking, their voices were overlapping. Mm -hmm. And I'm trying to focus on what's on the screen and it's just, everything was happening so fast. I need to go back and really rewatch yeah. it yeah. to soak it all in. Cause I, I, I loved how they did it, but I thought it was poorly executed in that regard. Well, cause it was confusing cause you're looking at it and until you see the boots, you don't realize, oh, wait a minute. Cause you, it, it, was, it was like, what's happening here? And then when you, I mean, to me anyway, once I saw the boots, then I understood, oh wait, this right. is happening at the same this is like way different yeah. you know timelines yeah but it was a little confusing yeah especially trying to listen to their dialogue like you said it was overlapping so yeah so watch it with the with you know you I can yeah. read it yeah more. close captions yeah, yeah. definitely going to rewatch that scene yeah I need to rewatch the whole episode again I'll yeah yeah I've watched it in pieces over again but I want to sit and watch the whole thing plus I want to hear because in the theater it was hard to sit or in the, in the yeah. gym, we didn't get that effect of the orchestra and I, I can't wait to sit and really dig into that with my oh. And can we talk about her armor? Like, everybody said that she was filming Wakanda and just walked over and did this. <laughs> <laughs> like, oh. 
the, uh, one of the costume designers actually posted. I, I forgot her uh, handle, so I can't even mention. Yeah, her name is like Evelyn Colette. Yeah, she was posting yeah. like the materials used, how they she did it, and it was it was so awesome to see how she built it, and it was she was, it was phenomenal. She came back for this because she used to do Michonne's costume, so she yes. actually came back to do this, and I believe she will be on the ser- uh, costume for the series as well, is what I read. Makes more sense, honestly. Yeah, exactly. So, um, I'm I'm gonna go. Everyone's asking about Michonne on the horse when she's riding uh, into the the valley there. Look, from what it looks like to, from what we see, it looks like a horde of walkers. Absolutely. Um, you know, you can pause it. You can stare as hard as you want. You're not going to get the greatest look, but they do kind of look like they're shambling around a little bit mm-hmm. out there in a the field. I, I mean, in all honesty, what else would it be in the middle of nowhere? I mean, there's no buildings. There's no vehicles. So you just have thousands of people just walking around in the field uh doesn't make any sense yeah the caravan group i've heard a lot of things on twitter where people are like oh it was the caravan group there's no horses there's no carriages yeah, they have, you know in that last scene they were that was horses carriages and yeah. people and, and why would she be riding towards them with her sword in her hand yeah like <laughs> so yeah oh yeah um yeah uh so dustin i want to know yeah. what was your what was your takes on the uh on the ending ending the rick and michonne ending I kind of feel like Randy Jackson back in uh, the very American beginning. American Idol. American Idol. <laughs> I'm like, you know. Yes, they don't. Yes, they don't for me, dog. I love Rick Grimes, okay? I love it, but I just I just was not feeling it. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm enjoying it more, especially when I listen to Renee explain it all and, you know, piecing it all back together. But I just didn't feel it. Um, <laughs> I'm glad that it was there. But see, I would have been, I would have been a little tricky. Like I would have ended it and not put Dakota there, and maybe made it like the first commercial mm-hmm. in between the end of The Walking Dead and the Talking Dead. Maybe the second commercial just to kind of flip everybody out because they're going to be mad. Like you know, like when, who, who did Negan kill? You know, mm-hmm. we had to wait like you know, nine months. So that's you know, end the show, then show the first commercial, and then hit this as like the commercial for the new show. That's something sinister I would have did. But uh, yeah, I'm, I'm glad that it's there for the fans. Uh, well-deserved. Um, I just didn't feel that part of it. Yeah. I feel like in, in a lot of people have said that they were just confused. Like they didn't, you know, uh, Lauren says they thought she was looking at Rick. It was confusing. Christy mm-hmm. says she was confused. I mean, a lot. And yeah, first take, you know, and you have to roll with the captions on. Like I always watch this show because – you miss you miss a lot if you don't have the captions on you know um so uh it helps it helps out a lot especially with their dialogue overriding each other and everything and the mm-hmm. you know trying to sit there and like pause and read what they're writing on the on the note in a notepad and everything um it yeah until you do see the boot in each person's storyline with the bag and everything else you know leaning against the log that's like renee says that's when you kind of put you know, you're able to put it together. These are separate times because it's the same items in two people's storyline. Um, and then once again, we're like, you see, you know, the helicopter is hovering. Rick takes his bag. He throws it into the boat, six, seven, two. He throws it on the boat. That boat is the same one that is, um, that, um, 
was Virgil. it Virgil, Virgil finds, brings it to pick up Michonne, and then Michonne comes across everything. So that's how you know you put that storyline at the end together. You know, um, Rick obviously is is a fighter. We all know that. We all know that he's um, always going to try to get back to his family. Um, but you know, from I mean, the whole point seen, of The Walking Dead was going to get back to his family, right? That yeah, was the whole premise. That was of the, the whole Dead, premise, right? yeah. Uh, and and he's in Philadelphia. You know, I mean, everything that's the CRM's in Philadelphia. You know, so that's the background you see with him there. He's in Philadelphia. So yeah, a lot of people are saying it was um, the voice of the pilot who was speaking to him. Um, some people are Even saying, it, yeah, yeah. Some say it's Colonel Beale and stuff like that. Um, but it sounds that it sounds like John Carlo uh, over. That's like, what they're saying. Yeah. yeah, I guess I didn't pay attention enough to that yeah. voice. Yeah, it'd be cool if he General was Beale, General Colonel Beale. Colonel Sanders. Beal would be the one flying a helicopter. Yeah, no, I know. That's yeah. I mean, you know, I mean, Unless he still could have been sitting up there. He though. could have been the passenger. Yeah. 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 Um, so we haven't seen General Beal. We don't know what he looks like. Yeah. I mean, we've only heard the name. There was times where people thought that. Yeah, we've well, yeah. That's it. Yeah. Right. So. Yeah, I, I mean, I and a lot of people speculated that Rick was General Beale for a while. I'm like, yeah, what? That, that was a fun theory, though. That yeah, was like, okay, maybe he had amnesia and he just, you know, something, you know. So it was a fun theory. I mean, they mm-hmm. could also when the when the pilot was or whoever's in the helicopter and he was talking about it, he's like, you know, he said there was no escape. You know, he said there's no escape for the living, and you know, he, he keeps telling you this. Maybe maybe they're talking about General Beale. Like like he's been telling you this. There's no escape. And you're still trying it, you know. Maybe that was maybe that was the tie-in. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. I got yeah. a question. This has nothing to do with General Beale or Rick, but you guys said you watch it with the captions on. I personally don't like captions because I feel like I'm always getting distracted. Right. <laughs> All right. Thank you. All right. Somebody in my corner here. How do I caption Daryl's grunts? It just says grunt. All the, yeah. All the, sounds, yeah. all the sounds are on there. It's, yeah. I mean, it, it, it actually, that is, that would be a fun job is captioning the noises because right. I've seen some hilarious, not maybe necessarily in The Walking Dead, but on other series, that some of the captions are hilarious when they describe the sounds. Like, yeah. cause the one was like, chewing or something yeah like juicy that. chewing just, or yeah. Mo- yeah, yeah. moist like, chewing I, I yeah closed captioning for work but i've yeah. never had a closed caption sound so i'm always curious on how they yeah pull that off well, that, i'm always like without and it then we talk about that right but i've never had to do like Arr. yeah but yeah. without without that on so in that scene where carol's in the kitchen and she's getting the the bagels oh. and the donuts <laughs> and all that stuff and everything for ezekiel when he disappears yeah in, in that scene, if you don't have your closed captions on, you have no idea the music's playing unless you have your yeah. TV up extremely loud. Yes. Really? Because there is music playing, but it's very faint in the background. But because the closed caption comes on and says, music playing, you're like, then you can like really tune into it and be like, oh, all right, there is a radio in the background playing. And Mitchell made a great point, too. There's like a lot of times when you like when a, when a zombie gets stabbed, all it says is like squelch noise. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? It's just comical to me. I don't know. Yeah. So yeah, oh, that was a so, lot, guys. What are we gonna do next Sunday at nine? Mm. I mean, cry. I've been watching Yellowstone, so I'm okay. Yeah, me too. I have to start that. Tomorrow. Yeah, Dustin Yellowstone. 
I get it started with Meg, apparently. Um, All right, Dustin, we're going to chat. Almost like two episodes. I think you have to because you, when I close my eyes, you talk like Rip. Yeah, and I can see you as the livestock constable, you know what I mean? The livestock police, no problem. You got the beard and everything? I mean, uh, you got the guns. You know what you need is a horse. You probably have one. I just haven't seen it. You probably just have like a, like a barn somewhere. You know? yeah. Barn? Herschel? What? Oh, yeah. I can't hear a barn without well, thinking of that. I will say that Yellowstone in the first two episodes of what I did see totally beat The Walking Dead going back to the safety on the block. I mean, Yellowstone's got their stuff down. There. Yeah, they are very legit cowboys out there in uh, Montana. Um... The fuck? We're getting spammed right now by somebody, so we're just gonna hide it all. <laughs> Figures. Um, we'll block that. Yeah, you can click on the. Yep. Yep. There you go. Uh, reported as spam. We've got spam, guys. That that's like a first. We well, no, that's a second. That's a second for us. We've been spammed twice. Um, I did see somewhere really early. Hello from. I think it was like the Virgin Islands. Like Virgin Islands. Yeah. Kind of thing. And I, but they just popped in real quick, said hello from the Virgin Islands. And I was like, yeah, I was like, that's a new one. All right. Um, so I don't know if you're still here or not, or if that was a spam, I'm not sure. And, you know, please don't be insulted for me thinking you might be spam, but um, <laughs> we're treating you as such. <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, that was cool to see. Um, Nicole, don't do it. What? Don't, don't do it to yourself. Watch it. She goes, I suppose I should start watching Fear. Or okay, you could just the not. The first three seasons were great. Outstanding. Look, season one is still will forever be my favorite season of this, Fear. This is my rule for Fear. And I've said it all the time. I'll say it again. Do not watch Fear thinking you're going to watch The Walking Dead. You are yeah, no. watching it from the very beginning of the breakout. The very beginning. Everyone is dumb. No one knows what to do. So don't expect to see, yeah, they don't expect to see Rick running around shooting fucking teddy bear walkers with, with pythons. It's not going to happen. You might see an extinguisher bashing in the head of a, of a walker, maybe. Or a nuclear bomb go off. Well, that's later on where it gets really bad. Sorry. It's bad. Sorry. <laughs> Somebody yeah. might get run over by a car early on. Yeah, there could be a giant... Beer-shaped hot balloon flying through yeah. the air. No, it's a beer bottle, wasn't it? Beer bottle. Yeah. Um, Lenny James was at the uh, finale event, and mm -hmm. he said that um, he said that they uh, Nick Earl, my brain lost. Chris Hardwick asked him, "You know, can you tell us anything about the upcoming season of Fear?" And he's like, "Well, let's just say." Well, first, he said alligators and snakes in his accent. Yeah. Yeah, this is accent. So he said that fear's gonna have instead of just walkers, they're gonna have alligators and snakes now because they're in Savannah. They moved to Georgia for filming, mm -hmm. so you know. So then Chris was like, "Oh, so you get you know a nuclear, uh, you get an apocalypse, and then a nuclear apocalypse, and now you have the alligators and snakes." But then joking aside, he said that this season they put Morgan through more horrible things than they've ever done, and I'm like, "Wait, Morgan gets dumped on all the time." Mm -hmm. on that, you That's know? fine. I don't like him. That's fine. And, but you can't imagine what else they're going to do to him. But anyway, yeah. So supposedly this next season, Morgan really gets put through the ringer. So, so, yeah, so backtrack a little bit. I think we're scaring Nicole into not watching. No, no, it. no. So look, but no, I watch fear. Watch fear one through first half of four. Yeah, there you go. One through first half of four. Then no, stop, and then come. Just start at seven. No, don't watch seven. No, 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 no. 
Come back at eight. Eight. Sorry. Yeah. Eight. Yes. Yeah, yeah, come back at eight. Yeah. Don't. Don't. Don't watch seven. I would watch the whole thing and skip seven because it's so stupid. Yeah. But, but no, I mean because even you know some of the stuff like with with John Dory, I really enjoyed when when Garrett Delahunt was on. Mm-hmm. I really enjoyed a lot of you know that stuff, and that was his choice to leave. He was ready to go. He had new things to do, and that, he he was, done. <laughs> he, was he was smart to go. <laughs> yeah. Well, but I think you know him leaving hurt the show, which is not his fault. He's got other yeah. projects. I mean, he's doing great things right now. But yeah, I mean, it's yeah. So we'll see. I don't know. They keep saying, "Oh, the new filming location. They're going to reinvent the series and blah blah blah." I'm like, you have the same two showrunners. You're not changing Jack. But we'll see. Um, but the thing is, Walking Dead did the same thing too. They reinvented it with the with the farm. They reinvented it with the prison. Alexander, it's it's nothing new. We've seen this time and time again. Yeah. It's just. People love the shit on fear because it's not Rick. It's not Daryl. Oh, sure. And like, I'm okay. So I admit, well, everybody knows seven sucked. Mm-hmm. And I am a huge Madison fan for years. You guys all know, I have mm-hmm. been saying Madison was never dead. And now we know she's back. So I am actually really excited for this season. And I'm now that they're going to be in Georgia, I'm really excited to see how they're going to pull it off. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, look, yeah, I'm hoping that maybe, a site move, a location move will help them out. I really do. Oh, I um, hope I have so much hope. I mean, you guys, this is my job. I have to watch it regardless of how good or bad it is. What about you? Dustin. Yeah, what about you, Dustin? You have you haven't watched Fear, right? Or you have? Yeah. See, I'm totally opposite of you guys. Like I didn't like the beginning of it. I liked the end. Did you like seven? So seven and I kind of like I, I was going through some things there and work and traveling and it's yeah i i would i need to go back and watch it intently hmm. uh, no i mean i still think again if, if i group it all together i like where we are now better yeah than, mm-hmm. right I just, yeah i put I, I I, one like three times but i just could not see <laughs> i once again like i really like season one i i just like seeing the raw oh, beginnings I really, I really did. And like the struggle to like learn and, and do and how, you know, like what's happening, what are these things? Like it was more real to me than, you know, Morgan hitting Rick in the back of the head with a shovel. I don't know. Like, you know, stuff like that. But, um, I think I oversold it to myself because I was thinking, well, maybe, maybe if we're watching fear at the beginning, maybe like I'll see like Rick and Shane drive by on the mm-hmm. Something in the background, right? Kind of, you know, yeah. yeah. I probably ruined it for myself, but you know. Well, look, I mean, look, if this shit were to hit the fan, you know, by the time we woke up tomorrow morning, we'd all know what to fucking do. You know, I'd be running around like a madman, stabbing everything in the head I could. Dead or alive, you're going anyway. So <laughs> you're in my way. For each one of you that's dead, <laughs> that's a one percent chance I'm living. <laughs> like I'm just going crazy, you know. Like I got my two katanas that are going to be on my back. Glock, mm. shotgun, we're ready to go. I even have an axe. We're okay. <laughs> I'll just go my and use my butcher knife. <laughs> yeah, use something heavy and sharp. <laughs> Give yourself some length. Well, I'll say that I love, you know, with Walking Dead, there was those, you know, they were some webisodes of it. Um, but they never really had any appearance or mm. any impact on the main show. Right. Fear. <laughs> went above and beyond with it. I mean, they had Flight 462 tie in perfectly with some of the survivors appearing in Fear. 
And I'm still mad at fear for never telling us whatever happened with Alex, but that's a story for another day. Um, but they, I thought they did an amazing job tying the webisodes into the show. And even again with, what was it, during season seven, they had more webisodes. Yeah. And they did really well. That's one thing they get right, that The Walking Dead got so wrong. Mm-hmm. Hmm. Yeah, I agree. Uh, by the way, Dustin Christie says, thank you, Dustin. I voted for, uh, voted for you for Constable. She says you're, you guys are neighbors. She's your neighbor. Yeah. But yeah, I don't know. Well, it's a neighbor, but yeah, so she said that she voted for you, so. That's very sweet. Yes, absolutely. Um, Wait, actually, Dustin, you, if I'm not mistaken, at the camp, you went home with some great souvenirs from the auction, right? Oh, my God. What did you an, go home with? Guy with an animal. Guy with an animal. Yeah. You know, I, I was having one of those moments. You all left me unsupervised. <laughs> Hold on. Let's, let's be clear. We were not your assigned handler. <laughs> You had an assigned handler. She let you down. She built. <laughs> no, I don't actually. <laughs> Giving you that raw energy. Yeah. Uh, you know, and you know it's for a good cause. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. It's going for something great. Uh, but yeah, we, I ended up getting the um, the piece of the windmill that was autographed by all the uh, mm-hmm. cast at the camp mm-hmm. this year. And, and something great that I can add to hopefully in the future you know, with other cast members and everything. So. Yeah, that's pretty awesome. Yeah, that's very cool. That is dope. Great. That's like a one of a kind of film, you know. That's something you can keep adding signatures to. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Is, yeah. By the way, our uh, banner—I forgot to tell you guys—the banner you guys donated to Bert's. I think it sold for over two hundred, wasn't it? Yeah, I think it was like two fifty or something. Yeah, I mean, that, that's cool because then we sold both banners for two hundred and fifty dollars, which is yeah. Yeah, awesome. that's trying to yeah. roll it out. We were like, we were like pulling, we had our microphones, so we only had one hand. We're like on the floor <laughs> trying to get it. It These was two short crazy. girls up there trying to undo this big giant banner. Yeah, very cool though. I'm happy that you know. Some it went to somebody who obviously wanted it. So two hundred fifty bucks is for for a banner that we got people to sign. I'll take it that. Free. Yeah, it's so funny because there was one point where Renee had to go off stage for something. So I'm up on stage working it, and next thing you know, like she comes back, she's like, "Did my husband buy anything else?" Because during the show, Josh was just like, "He was bid on everything, everything," and I was, and I, if he had bid on anything while she was gone, I was gonna up the bid just to make sure he didn't do it because I knew somebody would outbid me. And it didn't help that Oscar is so close with you and was egging you on from mm. the stage. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, that didn't help at all. But yeah, I will say that, that you know this man dug he dug deep for charity. So we you know it just a testament to the person you are. Exactly, hundred um, percent. They want to know. So you guys want a rendezvous spot? So yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna say this. Dustin is in Tennessee usually, or if he's not in Tennessee, he's traveling south somewhere. So I'm gonna actually say, yeah, rendezvous at Renee's. Uh, she's got a big she's got a big house. We could fortify a nice compound there, and uh, so it's gonna be Renee's spot where we could sleep comfortably, and it's renovated and ready to go. Almost renovated. Almost okay. renovated. <laughs> Uh, yeah, I mean, we, really so we got some nice all-terrain vehicles between what Dustin has, my Jeep, you got an SUV, we'll be all yeah, right, you know, good. we're good. So I will, uh, I'll bring the moonshine from Tennessee and we can, all those schools will just burn the damn woods down. There you go. Clear, you need a clear, need a clear sight. Clear yeah, exactly. Sight. Linda, thank you so much. It's 3 a.m. Holy crap. Yeah. Um. <laughs> Thank you, Linda. Please get some sleep, and then yes. I want to shout out 
to Linda that her and I don't really ever agree on things in this, but I love that neither one of us get mad about it, but we make, like, we kind of get heated sometimes in our conversations, but you know what I mean? It's one of those things where I just love talking with Linda because it's weird. We don't agree on a lot of Walking Dead stuff for some reason, <laughs> but it's always fun talking with But her. that's what makes us family, right? That's why, you know, that's why we're a family. Um, a dysfunctional family, but a family nonetheless. That's it. All right. So, yeah. So, good night, Linda. Um, so, next week, guys, um, I mean, we'll be back. We'll talk about something. Yeah, we'll be back. Um, we'll have, you know, like we always do a little, you know, pop culture thing. What are you watching? What are you doing? Maybe um, we'll even be able to pull a guest out of our ass. Who knows? You know? Yeah. Well, you never know what happens in a week, right? We'll be checking on December 5th. We have someone lined up for December 5th. Ah, yes, we do. Yeah. So, yeah. we just have to verify. We have to verified december 5th and then i have two other people on my my inbox that i have to get back to and, and solidify dates and i'll you know let you guys know that as well and that's one cool thing is when we went when we were at the camp and we talked to all the guests up at the panel every single person we talked to was like i would love to be on like yeah. just like message me on on well, instagram and, after the finale they went know, sure they had a to the finale event, get that taken care of, and yep. then they were going to be ready. So yep. now we can really start reaching out. So yeah. we should have plenty of gas coming up to fill the void because they, they've talked that maybe fear will start early, which I know, you know, we'll see how it goes and how much we get to talk about it, but that it can be before um, Maggie and Megan in April. So right. we'll see. Yeah, we should be able to fill that void with, with some good guests, some, some oh, yeah. stellar, stellar, stellar people. Becky says, please, not a Tuesday. Uh, I will do my best for a Monday, no problem. Yeah, it's hard for Mondays because the guys work. But Mitchell, Mitchell, if he can be one of the guys we're going to interview, so <laughs> you got it, man. You can tell us all about your experience. Yeah, yeah. Um, because he got to see a lot of stuff for the first time. He hadn't seen any of the stuff. Tiffy, you know, you always say you can't make it to the camp, to the camp, and I think that's it's just a family event. People I, bring yeah. their little kids and your exactly. kids were having blast. Bring bring the whole family, you yeah. know, and you don't even have to watch your kids because there's everybody there who watches everybody's kids. Everybody's inside the hotel with security, yeah. right, Dustin? Yeah, yeah. There's security everywhere. I've never felt more safe at a convention. Yeah. Like, honestly, sorry. So you can <laughs> yeah. pack them up, guns, and drive them on down. We'll have a good time. We'll take care of you, Lauren. Please have please have your son reach out to us on social media. That'd be pretty cool. My son was a walker yeah. whisperer. Oh, yeah. oh, okay, very cool. Yeah. Yeah, send us a message. We, yeah. we, we love having any guests. Yeah, we love it. We just love it. And anybody here who is in the chat now who has not been to the camp, I see a lot of people talking about, I wish I could go, I wish mm -hmm. I could go, or I want to go. Um, do yourself a favor. I mean, what? Do yourself, do yourself a favor. This coming May. Yeah. <laughs> the guest <laughs> list is going to be fun. I've written yeah. bios for several people, and let me just say, don't miss May. Yeah, this coming May, like if there is a bucket list for you to be able to be a part of something as far as The Walking Dead goes, this is going to be the one you want to go to. Yeah. Now, look, times are tough for everybody, but mm -hmm. we are a very well-knit, functioning family. Reach out, and every one of us here, plus hundreds of other people, will reach out to extend a helping hand to anybody. You know, mm -hmm. to I mean, look, we flew someone, we flew, we flew Lucy from the UK yeah. to the camp. You know, so like, 
there's things that we can do. We can, we're kind of like make a wish. We can make shit happen. All right. So, and one um, thing is the camp, what, what I think, what I think is phenomenal about the camp is that they do payment plans. Yeah. For yeah. tickets, which I've never heard of a convention doing that. Right. And I think that is so freaking cool that they did that. Yeah. Um, so make sure you, you know, just Google them, the camp events. Um, mm -hmm. it has all the social media, it has a website, everything you go to the website. Um, look into the into the ticket plans. I think they're, it's a, such a phenomenal, cool thing they did because everybody knows in today's day and age, everything costs more than it should, mm -hmm. and, and everybody's making less than they should be. Um, mm -hmm. And it's a great way to help you budget it. I, I mean, it is so. Well, the minute I saw that Casey and Oscar had had set that up, that was like, I, I was like, that's gonna help people. So I mean, look into it seriously, and, and it, it'll be worth it'll be worth the the time and the money. I think Casey the other day said something to me that was really heartfelt, and it was it just kind of clicked. You know, you have one of those moments you talk to somebody for so many years, and then you know you have one of those moments. And she said, "Everybody comes to watch, you know, the celebrities." She's like, "I like to watch the fans, mm -hmm. the celebrities." Yeah, yeah. yep. Yeah. It's very true. I mean, it's very true. Like this is going. It, it will be. This is not your old school. Walker stalker, ten thousand people. This is, yeah. intimate. this is intimate. This is intimate. like, yeah. And Paolo were dancing at our prom. You yeah. know, we yeah. had all of the celebrities at one point were at the parties. They came out and they talked with everyone. They, you know, interact, and it, it's just, it's just completely. This is nothing like if you've not been to the camp, you have not experienced this family event. It's, mm -hmm. it's unbelievable. And this year. They're extending it to Thursday. Thursday, we are going to do this amazing outreach in downtown Atlanta. Yeah. We are going to be serving the homeless people of Atlanta. And I mean, when I say serving, I mean showers, food, supplies. It, I mean, seriously, it's we've just gotten the ball rolling for this. And I, you guys cannot believe the outpour of help for this event. It's right. going to be phenomenal. I mean, I, I just can't even explain it. It's just going to be unreal so you know be get get figure out a way to be a part of this and everybody's saying, saying payment plans they didn't have a clue yes they have payment plans check out their site and it's just unreal ryan is posting right now the tickets payment plan for the event so that right there you click on that and that'll bring you to the camps ticket page where you guys can set up a payment plan if you're interested in going yep um and, um yeah, I'm sorry to interrupt you. I'm sorry. No, no, you're good. Go ahead. <laughs> when, when Oscar and I, you know, my mom with Casey, I was thinking, God, I have one with Oscar too. I gotta, I gotta tell him I'm gonna get in trouble. <laughs> but, you know, it, it, he and I were just, you know, talking at random at, at the last camp. You know, he's bouncing everywhere, I'm running everywhere. We just kind of had this moment where we stopped outside the hotel, outside the lobby, and it was just like. This is kind of, he's like, isn't this great and beautiful? I was like, yeah. I said, it's one of the only places I know that you can come as a fan and leave this family. Mm -hmm. And yeah. so this is just kind of stuck over and over. Yeah. And because, um, you know, you, uh, I've got friends and people from the walking dead and this that they really are family. Sure. Mm -hmm. yeah. So, yeah. Yeah. That's how we all met. Yeah. I mean, yeah, that's, you know. Shoot the I mean, first. I call Renee mom. I mean, <laughs> yeah, the first time I met Dustin, you know, I mean, like I, I've never met this man a day in my life, and it was like the first time I met him. I'm in his truck, and he picks me up from the airport, and him and uh, it was you and Chris, mm -hmm. and uh, within five minutes, it was like I grew up with these guys. Yeah, I'm not even, I'm not even kidding. Like it's just, it's just like it's like that. Mm -hmm. Um, 
and it, was with you and I, Chris. Yeah, and it, second, it just solidifies, like, you know, the type of people you're around, and it's amazing. So, um, if you can get there, it'd be great. It's great because everything's on one spot too. So if you have, to, if you do fly or whatever, you yeah. can get the Uber, come to the hotel, and stay at the hotel. You know, I mean, there's, you know, Uber's like fifty bucks. I did it this year. It was probably with tip. It's probably like fifty, fifty-five dollars. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and, and so, if you're splitting it, you can buy it. Oh, yeah, split it with somebody, yeah. With the sure, that's what I was going to say. You can always split it, uh, or, like, if you're lucky enough, you can get a ride from somebody, you know, who's driving to return to rent a car or something, and you throw them a couple of bucks, whatever. Yeah. Uh, but it's really not expensive, honestly. Um, and when you do the payment plan, then you know, okay, it's this much money at your hotel, your food, your this, your that, you know yeah. what I mean? Like, I, I, it depends on what level you get. You can make it all included so you know this is what i need for this event yeah. you know and sure you'll need some spending money or whatever but i mean you go in knowing this is what it's going to be yeah and you can believe me you can get just as much out of your general mission ticket as, as you can with any of the others like don't like don't don't be scared by like any like general mission ticket here it's not like yeah, it's not like with like well, if you guys yeah. are just author, it's right. not like there's a separate VIP line versus general. Right, version. right. VIP really it just gets you like you know some if you do the inclusive it gets you the room it gets you your meals. With general admission, yeah. if you just want to go to the party, it's like twenty bucks extra. Right, mm -hmm. but you get the same experience whether you're VIP or general. There yeah. is no and difference. That's what's amazing. That's yeah. what really makes it different. I hope that's what you were trying to say. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Especially that's, because it doesn't make you feel bad if you can't necessarily afford like, sure. the VIP or the right. You know, like like with other conventions, they had like the silver and the gold and the platinum and blah 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 blah, blah. and they were so expensive. And it you made you you don't have as bad. And it made you feel like a peasant, like go like peasant chew, you know, and it's like, how yeah. shitty is that? You know what I mean? Yeah. Because everybody's got a budget and everybody's budget is different. Yeah. And, and so it, it really does there there's almost there's no difference. Yeah. That's what I've noticed, right? So like when I'm not gonna say the name, but one of one of other conventions, right? One of the first things I always did was looked at like it looked at the past and I couldn't help it. I couldn't help but look to see like, oh you you have a diamond, oh you have a gold, oh you have a silver, mm -hmm. just because that was how it was. Yep. But the camp, never once have I looked at somebody's badge. Yeah. Never once have I have I, have I ever had that thought because or it doesn't, it doesn't, or whatever, yeah. it doesn't affect your experience. Don't mean shit. And that's what I love about it. Yeah. Oh. You know, real, real, real quick, I know we're about to wrap up. You know, so many people, it's like, oh, Walking Dead, it's a show. And, you know, I've heard people say in the past, this show changed my life. And it wasn't until, like, these past couple of years I really saw what people meant by that. Mm -hmm. Like Walking Dead, now that it's over, it's like Walking Dead changed my life so much. Like mm -hmm. this little show that could, it introduced me to some of my people, you know, internet strangers, turned into friends, turned into family. It led me here to you guys. Like it's, it's a show that really can save people, especially like with during COVID, you know, people were so lonely and it's just these friendships that you make, it really can help you out in some of your darkest times. So yeah, it's, yeah. it's weird. I've never had a show like that before. Yeah. You know, I think, like, for me, I look at it this way, right? Um, had it not been for The Walking Dead, I wouldn't have had this experience. I wouldn't have met all of you. I mean, I would have known Chris because we worked together, but he and I wouldn't have bonded the way that we did because mm -hmm. of The Walking Dead. I wouldn't have met you guys. I wouldn't have met Dustin. And, you know, I wouldn't have met people like Carrie. He's a perfect example, right? Right. Um, this past year, I hit my 30th birthday, and I was having a little bit of a crisis, but I'm not going to lie to you because I'm like, it's 30. And my life, in certain regards, it wasn't where I wanted it to be at this point in time. And so, but other, other aspects are, but other aspects aren't. And so I was kind of dealing with that and have my own little crisis about it and, you know, whatever. But 
one of my one of my best friends, Danielle, had thrown me a surprise birthday party. And one of the parts of the surprise birthday party was this like these video messages from different people. And there's people that 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 from different walks of my life. I mean, I still don't understand how she ever contacted people from eighteen thousand different aspects of my life, but she did. And like I know, like like Renee and Josh were on it, which was so cool. And they were like the ending to it, you know what I mean? And one of them was also Carrie. Mm. And, and I saw Carrie's face pop up, and I heard her voice before I saw her face. And that's the part that actually made me cry, like tear up a little bit because I was like. Like, holy shit, like, this is someone who, you know, has been on three of my favorite shows of all time. Mm -hmm. And this is somebody that I only met because of this. And she was, you know, saying such a heartfelt thing to me, saying she took time out of her day to record a video message to me to say happy birthday. Mm -hmm. And I was like, that was such, that was like my surreal, like my surrealist feeling I've ever had because of The Walking Dead. Yeah. And so it's. It makes me emotional because it's we're not just closing a, a show for me. We're closing a, a chapter of my life that I've had since I was 18, mm. which to me is is mind-boggling because that's almost half my life. Yeah. You know what I mean? That, that That is insane. Yeah. I would have never met Becky, sweet Becky from the UK who lives in Chicago. With her, with her tin of tomatoes in the garage. Yeah, freezing <laughs> her ass off in, in Chicago right now. Uh, yeah, I mean, there's just Tiffy. I mean, I wouldn't have met any of you people. I want to give a shout out to Becky real quick, though. So at the <laughs> camp, I've been trying to get Cooper's autograph for the past, like, five or six years, right? At every convention that I've gone to that he's been at, something happened where I could not get it. And it was a joint photo of him and Nadine Marissa mm-hmm. as Nabila. Yep. And, and it says Jabila on it, right? And that's, like, their ship name, right? And so I had Nadine sign it in like New Jersey, like 2017, 2016, something like that. I think, I think it was like 2017. And so I've had it for like five years and I could never have Cooper sign it. So I, I went up to Becky and she was with Josh Hamilton at his table. And where he was was a very central location to, that Cooper would have had to walk by to get to his table. And every time I went to Cooper's table, he wasn't there. He was either at the group photo op, he was at the, he was at the, the, um, the cobbler, the, thing. The cobbler you know, yeah. the, the cobbler with Cooper, you know, and he wasn't there. So Becky took my number and was like, I'll text you, I'll text you, babe, as soon as I say, I'll text you. <laughs> and, and actually it never ended up happening because I actually ended up seeing him later on. I happened to yeah. grab some, some food and he sat down next to me we're, and he, we're eating and he was talking and we were catching up. And he was like, oh, he goes, uh, you know, I got to run. I got to go back to my table. And I said, okay, do you mind if I walk with you? Because I, I got to have you sign something. And he was like, no, no, no. He was like, what do you got? What do you need for me to sign? I was like, this, this. And he goes, ah, just give me a marker. And he signed it for me, which is really cool. But Becky was willing, to, was willing to go out of her way to make sure she kept eyes on Cooper for me at all times when he walked <laughs> by. So it was, it was cool. Thank you, Becky. Yeah. Yeah, we all impossible. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> right? Yeah. <laughs> she texted me. She texted me up Yeah, I haven't seen him yet. Don't worry. I'm, I'm keeping a lookout. <laughs> There's moments like that that happen every camp. So, yeah. um, Dustin, I, I I hear you're traveling. You that, so just so everybody knows, Dustin literally stopped at a hotel to so that so that he could do the show with us tonight. So oh he was traveling from Florida. Were you traveling from or to? Uh, from I've been doing uh, been working in Florida doing search and rescue and asset protection after Hurricane Ian. There you go. I just got to the point wrapping up and trying to trying to get home here for the holidays and spend some time with my dad yeah and, uh, you know got the lovely call to 
come visit and spend time with you guys. I'm like, absolutely. So, so this man literally stopped in his travels, rented a hotel room so that yeah. he could be honest with us tonight. So if that doesn't show you how important his family is to people, that right there alone, you know, like it, it's, it's a wow moment. And, you know, from brother to brother, I appreciate you doing this. Um, Nicole says you should be in a tent. <laughs> well, the, the funny thing, and, and I'll let you finish that. Uh, I want you to finish it so I can feel room and proof for you. So, you know, Casey calls one day, and I literally have been in this condo, and there was an alligator floating by water, still four feet tall. <laughs> and she calls me, she's like, Hey, I know it's last minute, but can you hop on this, uh, this, this webinar, this conference? I'm like, Yeah, yeah, give me just a couple of minutes. I'm going to be, you know, right there for you. But, uh, yeah, but no, it was my pleasure to stop. I appreciate the invite, and uh, like I said, long-time fan of the show. And then, now, Chris, you finished what you were saying. Yeah. I was, gonna... <laughs> I was just saying, you know, I, I do appreciate it. You know, I appreciate everything you do, for because there's a lot of people out there who don't know, you know, who Dustin is and what Dustin does. But this man is a humanitarian. He goes to, uh, you know, all these national disasters, you know, hurricanes, tornadoes, cleanups, search and rescue, you know, personal, you know, protection. It, this, this man does it all. And then has, he's also one of the most generous people I've ever met in my life. Honestly, he's the typical, what you would call a Southern gentleman. And, um, you know, uh, five minutes after meeting him, you're ready to bring him home to dinner and introduce him to mom and dad, you know, like look at my new friend. Um, so yeah, uh, you know, would, yeah, <laughs> she goes, let me wrangle this alligator and I'll join you. Some quad, Nicole is really good for those, those one liners yeah. that really just make you break character. And that's, yep, there yeah. it is. But yeah, if you're gonna wrangle an alligator, are we gonna see you on fear this season? Oh, hell no, <laughs> it'd be an upgrade. Morgan, imagine, <laughs> I um, I'm glad I hope the camera systems were out in that condo. That video ever gets on the internet. And, yeah, I was hurdling things and fell, and it, it, yeah, we'll just leave it at that. Yes, <laughs> professional alligator wrangler. They shouldn't damage the money maker, though. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> All right, everybody, we are going to wrap this bad boy up. Two and a half hours of yeah. uh, wrapping up a show that has pretty much been a part of our lives for twelve years. Yeah. Um, I hope we did it due respect. Uh, I hope you guys enjoyed being here with us as much as we enjoyed having you here with us. Um, and we're not gone. We will be back. We will be a part of everything, the walking dead universe and beyond. We will be here, uh, just to be here because yeah. this is part of our sanity as well. Um, so the family will always be here for you guys. Um, with that being said, once again, Thank you, Dustin. Thank you to everybody being here tonight. We want to wish you all a happy Thanksgiving. Uh, if you're celebrating Thanksgiving, um, you know, or maybe you're maybe you live somewhere where they're doing Thanksgiving yet, or maybe it's something different. Um, but definitely giving thanks to every one of you guys for always being here with us. Uh, love you guys. Please be safe, and we will see you next week. Bye. Good night. Bye. Peace. Bye.
Das ist noch gut. Renee, Chris und Ryan going live. Best Podcast, Beauty and the Beast. Sit back and catch a vibe. Oh yeah, we talking zombies and apocalypses and all those things you like. Going beast mode and if you didn't know, it's Peter Z up on the mic. Hey, TWD family. Grab the snacks about the pantry and subscribe and like them. If you can, please, or those walkers eat you like some candy. Hey, hey, okay. You at the right place at the right time. No one does it better. That's the bottom line. Beauty and the Beast. This is prime time. Let's go.